and tell me a little bit about how this sexuality is in your DNA, because I'm Charlie Rose, and I want you to come over here. <laughs> Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Wednesday, July 21st, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination episode 219er. This is No Agenda. Avoiding two to the head by being nuttier than most. And coming to you from the hilltop, Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, and Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning somewhere, I'm Adam Curry. Yeah, it's in the morning somewhere, but not here, although the fog is finally lifting at quarter to seven in the evening, but it's not going to lift at all. I'm John C. Dvorak in northern Silicon Valley. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, this sucked. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to say no, anything. And it's not after your name. No, then it's kind of like I know, over I know and done the process. I was, I'm, it's late. Yeah. Well, in the morning to you, John. In the morning to everybody uh, listening in all ships at sea. And to the human resources who are listening live at noagendastream.com in the chat room at noagendachat.com. I hope you are all nice and charged up because your government needs you that way. Actually, I got a funny... Uh, Oh, let me set my timer here. I got a funny picture from, let me see who was that from, uh, one of our producers. Shoot, I forgot his name. He sent me a picture of a military base. I'm going to pull it up right now. This is of uh, Fort, oh, Fort Knox. And so Ooh, this is Fort big, Knox, gold. There's this, <laughs> I thought it was a, no, it's, uh, it's uh, Fort Knox. I can't see, I can't really see. Yeah, it's Fort Knox, the gold place. Strength? No, no, no. This is uh, well. There's a big tank at the uh, at the gate. No, this a tank is, of gold. This is Fort Knox. Isn't that a a military base? Yeah, it's where they keep the gold. I, oh, that's actually a, a, a military base too. I didn't know that. Well, somebody's got to guard the gold. Okay, it says Fort Knox. Strength starts here and underneath it. And this is like a huge granite stone. It says Home of the Human Resource Center of Excellence. <laughs> 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 Those guys are crazy. <laughs> Those human resource guys are just crazy. I'm telling you, human resources, welcome to the program. So we got some human resources supporting us this week. Yeah, which is 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 desperately needed because we had <laughs> uh, a very bad show uh, as it comes to support. Even though we appreciate every single penny that comes in, every droplet is highly appreciated. We got to eat, too. We we like the uh, we have bills to pay. People who are serious about their support and they and they show it. Uh, let's start with a couple of. Let's start. With, we have two executive producers. We have actually back to our standard uh, model, which is two executive producers and three associate executive producers. Okay. Uh, this show and we've got uh, with a bunch of birthdays. We'll bring up later in the show from uh, Chasen uh, Rodzdilski uh, or Chasen. Sorry, Chasen is Jason. Uh, Chasen Rozdilski, Rozdilski, uh, in, in in the Paris of Canada, <laughs> yes, uh, Saskatoon, which by the way is installing new X-ray body scanners. Oh, that's a shame. There's only like two hundred fifty thousand people there. Yeah, <laughs> and yet they're going to get a three hundred thousand uh, dollar body scanner, useless body scanner. <laughs> anyway, he uh, gave us five hundred dollars to finalize uh, his knighthood. Yeah, well, actually, no, his no C.G. Meyer. I don't think I don't think uh, Chasen has. Is no, he he's close. His, uh, he's close. I think okay, he might be very. Close. I think he's another 
$3. C.G. Meyer is the one who's finalized his knighthood, and he is from Mont Gambier, South Australia, Australia, three thirty three thirty three, of course. And he says, is finishing his knighthood. Thanks for the advice from last time, and thanks for the penny. Wasn't it Gambier? Didn't he send is a note? That, I, I think I you pronounce it, yeah, I think you pronounce it Gambier. Gambier. I think it probably is pronounced. It's in Australia. They yeah. would pronounce it that way. And okay. associate executive producers Eric Wilka in Winona Lake, Indiana, and uh, uh, Eric, our uh, database manager, for some reason put his name in green for some unknown reason. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lucas Hokinson, uh, our, uh, one of our longtime supporters from Selkirk, Manitoba, Two thirty four five six three two three four five six, and finally Jared Forrester in Regina. Oh, I'm sorry, Regina, <laughs> Saskatchewan. We got so. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. We have one American and three Canadians and an Australian. What did we do to uh, to? What did we say? What I don't know. Well, chiming in all of a sudden. You insulted them in the last show. Who? You did. You said something about Canada. Oh, they know that I'm just kidding. That's code. But what's weird is that it's like two of them are from both from Saskatchewan and one from Regina rhymes with. No, one is from Saskatoon. Yeah, the Paris of uh, That's not Saskatchewan. Oh, I'm sorry. What am I thinking? Yeah, you're right. Wow, Saskatchewan. We have a couple. Saskatoon is in Saskatchewan. What are we thinking? I don't know. It's the capital, I believe. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. So Saskatchewan is actually the France of Canada. And Saskatoon is the Paris. Yeah, and okay. Regina rhymes with something. <laughs> Please, <you made> that. <laughs> that's what they say. If you ever met anybody from Regina, they say that's with. the first thing no, they tell No, they you. do not. Oh, they yes, do. they do. Mm. Okay, yeah. you Canadians, tell them. You send them some email. You know what to say. Uh, please, Here's, don't, don't overburden you, my email with that. Let's uh, thank these people and get to play the... Well, jingle. hold on. Before we do that, we've got a couple of budding PR associates. Lorne Neufeld says, Adam, I spent seven hours auto-rolling chat roulette. You familiar with chat roulette? John? Yeah, is that still on? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Is every time a new person would come on, he would see a picture of no agenda. He would hear, let's go out, hit people in the mouth. And uh, he also recorded every 598 people who, uh, who were seen, uh, wow. 313 of which were women. Out of those, 212 flashed. And it was a very nice time indeed. And uh, he had the, the picture was the top of his head. Uh, and they would see the, uh, the scroll, uh, noagendashow.com, uh, let's go out and hit people in the mouth. He did that for seven hours for us. So that's highly appreciated. That's, that's a good, that's a lot of work. There is a, a reminder for the Dutch no agenda meeting at Dutch com September 10th. I will be dropping by as well. It will be in Amsterdam in the heifer. Uh, starting at 8 o'clock in the evening till about uh, 2 a.m. Uh, now booked for music, Hugh Berkenbosch, who performed on the Daily Source Code. He'll be performing live, which is great. And uh, I guess uh, everyone has to bring uh, 10 euros uh, to chip in for the, uh, the rent of the, of the room. And the first beverage is included. Mm. So that's nice. Yeah, and you're going to show up? Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. I'm showing up. Uh, my sister's getting married on September 11th, so uh, I'm going Willow? to Willow? No, Tiffany. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Willow's already married. 
See, Willow's actually contributed to the show. I've never seen Tiffany show up. <laughs> she, she, doesn't, doesn't, she, she doesn't even know about the show. Yeah. She, she doesn't care. But she'll be coming out here eventually and we'll guilt her. Now, Willow's a subscriber. She's a, she's a monthly subscriber. Yeah, no, I, I see her name float by. And then, so maybe I should try to go to this, this thing. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, well, if I went to it, by the way, I'd get some sponsors and nobody would be coughing up anything. Well. I don't like the idea of, uh, you know, I like, you know, there there are people that will will pay the, the tab. Yeah, I know, but I'm not in charge of this, nor do I wish to be. I just yeah, want to okay. show up. Okay, well, we, we won't worry about it. Thanks to uh, Klaatu Nikto. Klaatu sends me a lot of uh, stories and ideas and links, and uh, he's also done something which I would encourage everyone to do. He's su- submitted uh, noagendastream.com to Screamer Radio. There's lots of these uh, apps and uh, websites that, uh, ca- that have a database of uh, streams, uh, so that's a very good idea. Uh, so thank you, and please do that. There's a new No Agenda app out there, which is a new business model. Uh, Kevin has uh, put this into the App Store. It just got approved. And it's uh, so you can listen to the stream uh, in real time. And it has uh, iAds enabled, so which is kind of good because they rotate. And uh, if you're listening, then the this is the way Pandora does it, by the way. You know, no one's actually looking at it because, of course, your your iPhone or whatever is uh, is you know just in your pocket and it's and it's just playing music. So you can be listening to the stream. The iAd continues to rotate. Money is racked up, and uh, the proceeds of that, or a portion of it, goes to uh, this show. So that's cool. Uh, TechZingLive.com is actually demanding a PR associate credit. Apparently, you did an interview with uh, TechZingLive? Yeah. A few weeks but ago. That, that I didn't do it, in, 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 regarding a, a PR credit. Well, no, no, like- no. The reason, why, the reason why they're demanding the credit is, A... We've been mentioning No Agenda on our podcast for the past year, and we've probably sent you about 500 listeners. B, we have a great soundbite for you where we mention No Agenda to Richard Dolan. I'll put that in the show notes. Okay, well, that counts. And then the interview show with John C. Dvorak uh, where we spoke a lot about No Agenda. Right, but that doesn't count. Don't, well, okay. And then finally, yes, it's quite a list today. Uh, there's Please. a new website I'd like you to look at, noagendafans.com. Now, this is uh, Paul Couture. And Paul has uh, done some art for us, and he's doing uh, challenge coins, which are... Uh, have you seen the website, noagendafans.com? No, I've seen the coins, though. Oh, my God, they're beautiful. Or they will be beautiful. Um, and he'll be taking orders for $33.33. 60% of the purchase from the gross will go uh, to the show. And uh, he has a whole history of the challenge coin, which stems from uh, World War One. And uh, so I guess yeah, it's a, it's a nice coin to to have in your pocket, and it's uh, it looks like it's twice, it's almost two and a half times as big as a quarter. They're really beautiful, mm. and you get a little producer, noagendashow.com, dot com, no agenda podcast in the morning. It just looks good. There's a little crown on there too. I don't know what the you should have Paul do the rings. <laughs> well, I didn't want to bring it up, but... Uh, well, I knew you would, so I thought you know, I'd jump you, in. You just might want to consider that these rings have to get done eventually. So we want to thank Chasen Rudzilski, C.G. Meyer, as today's executive producers of No Agenda Show 219, and associate executive producers Eric, Wil- Eric Wilka, Lucas Hawkinson, and Jared Forrester. Um, 
you guys, a couple of you returning producers, highly appreciated. You know the deal. You can add this to your ever-growing list of credits uh, as as, a, as associate executive or executive producer of the show. And the rest of you, of course, out there, you have to do this one very simple thing. Go out and propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. I found there to be a tremendous amount of news, John. Did, uh, did you find yeah, the same? There's a lot of news, a lot of fake news, a lot of uh, cover-up <laughs> news, a lot of news, a lot of look-over-here news, lots of look-over-here news. And I want to talk about that uh, when, when you feel like it. Uh, but... Uh, I think that there's like I think I, I I'm pretty sure I know what they're trying to cover up, and I think it's the Republicans, the Democrats, the conservatives, and the liberals all trying to shoo us away from the most important story, the most interesting story, at least of the week. Well, why don't you lay it on me, big boy? Well, you know, first of all, the the one that the, the breaking thing that was that's chewing up all the time is this woman who was uh, apparently Breitbart ran this uh, clip of her. No, oh, this is the uh, the woman who is the, the, reverse, the ver- reverse racism uh, clip of the week. Yeah, and so here, so the, to make the long story short, because everybody's harping on this, I got the big, and including my some of my bloggers, who you know Shirley Sherrod, who apparently was wronged by the fact that they took a clip out of context. Apparently, she gave a speech to the NAACP where she started off saying, "Well, when I was a you know local uh, USDA inspector, I ran into this this ugly white man, and I thought that he didn't know what he was doing, and I was going to screw him over, but then I got to know him, but." That, 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 then they stopped it. That's the clip. They play that clip. And so everybody gets goes ballistic. And then, of course, the whole clip goes like, then I learned my lesson. I'm no better than anybody else. And him and I are still good friends to this day. I helped him as much as I could. And she goes on and on. So, with so the way I understood it is, is that clip was on YouTube before it was even on TV. And because of that clip, which appears to be out, uh, out of context because it's only a clip and indeed you don't hear the rest. Right. The administration uh, forced her to resign. Fired her. So here's the way the story goes, though. So they play this little clip. Breitbart's the guy who made it popular. And then the Fox News channel picks it up, and they all, including O'Reilly and everybody else, they should fire this racist pig. She's got to go. And so the next thing you know, the White House gets a hold of the, all the people making a big fuss, and they, they send her a bunch of notes and fire her. Will Zach, mainly the head of the Department of Agriculture, takes credit for firing well, the her. The Monsanto shill. The Monsanto shield. He said, well, it was me, as though the White House had nothing to do with it. And then now they play, then they, they roll out, then the left wing media comes out and says, look, you didn't play the whole clip, play the whole clip. So they play the whole clip after all this has come down. And now the right wing media, the, the, the O'Reilly's and everybody say, what a bunch of shitheads the White House is for firing this poor woman without listening to the whole clip. You're right, John. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. So anyway, but I got the biggest kick out of them manipulating the scene and, and coming out, you know, the right wing guys came out smelling like a rose making the white. So the White House could have really made hay with this as a look over here moment by saying, wait a minute, we looked into this and here's the whole clip. And these bastards are right. jerk offs. Or, but they had but already they canned her. They didn't. They yeah, canned her. Yeah. Which so is, they fell right into the trap. Yeah. <laughs> but that was just covering up the most important news. 
the most important news, as far as I'm concerned, is the two-year study done by the Washington Post. That yeah, reveals, exactly. That reveals about, if you look at the adults in this country, about one person in every 90 people you know is works it, for an intelligence spook. agency. Is a spook. <laughs> is a spook. The country is crawling with spies. It's just outrageous. Uh, By it, the way, I want to say something right up here front for all these people that think we're just a couple of right-wing lunatics. It's the, the, the Fox and all the, who we believe is run by the Democrats, Fox and the entire organization over there, nobody has talked about this story. In fact, the only time I saw a good report on this was on our national treasure on the news hour, where they actually interviewed the, the, the writer. Yeah, uh, the, the journalist, right. Dana, I, we do have a long clip of that we can play. I actually uh, have the, uh, I have the frontline video. It's about seven minutes in the show notes. So that'll show up on noagendatv.com as well. And they, the fact is, is that they played this. They talked about it. She told what she had to t- say, and it's very interesting. And that was the end of it. What I find kind of interesting about about this story is that really, there's. It seems like we're merging the the. Mm, the CIA is not like spying on everybody. It's merging with corporate America. And the, the corporate America is the enemy now. <laughs> They're the ones that are really spying on us in every nook and cranny. And they all have top secret clearance. It's just, it's it's frightening is what yeah, it I is. I think the number was 850,000 people in this country are spies with, spying with, on the public with top secret clearance. And uh, I have to say there's some interesting research being done into google in this regard because google is, is you know is, is just another part of this oh with yeah the, with their inqtel uh, uh investor which is a well-known uh cia venture fund well they, they, they this admitted and uh what was i reading um you know that wi-fi thing that they were uh, doing where they were capturing packets so someone dug up the patent for that, for their Wi-Fi war-driving sniffing thing. And right there in the patent, it says uh, it's also intended to collect packets of user data. Yeah. Search histories, email, illegally. personal documents. Yeah, illegally. And these guys, it's admitted that they have a, partner, a partnership with the NSA. I'm sure Google has a, has a little campus somewhere in Virginia. You can just, I bet you if you looked it up, you'd see it. It's, they are they are an an extended arm of the CIA, like all these other commercial companies. And so is Microsoft. Yeah, and Apple. How about Apple? Come on, oh, yeah, Apple's got to be in there. They got to be in there. It's just there's there's no escaping. We already it. know AT and T's in the bag. I mean, that big yeah. building down the street from the Mevio headquarters yeah. is uh, that where they keep all the echelon. Computers. Echelon. It's echelon is in there. You can walk by the building. The windows are all blacked out. It's a beautiful, fairly new building, and it's got it's the creepiest building on uh, what's this on Second Street. Yeah, and it's well known. I take a picture of it every time I go by because I find it fascinating. And I, you, people say, "What are you taking a picture of that?" I said, "That's echelon. That's the CIA, uh, NSA's uh, big computers in there. They're to, they're spying on every phone call you make." Oh, really? Oh, okay. And then they wander off. I mean, it's unbelievable. Nobody cares. In Qtel. A venture capital firm established by the CAA also uh, is invest has has a connection with Facebook. Their Facebook's second round of funding, which was yeah. an early on round twelve and a half million dollars, came from Excel Partners. Its manager James Breyer, formerly chairman of the National Venture Capital Association, served on the board with Gilman Louis of Incutel. 
It's, these guys, it's all connected. It's and they're all and you know, spying on something, us. Uh, something with Facebook because Facebook, I don't think, is ever going to go public or may or may never because I think there's too much weird stuff in the back in the back rooms. Yeah, like they're not really making money. Well, that may be true, or they may not be true. But whatever the case is, they're definitely collecting a lot of information. Yeah. And I think every time uh, <coughs> Zuckerberg, you know, says anything that might indicate, you know, he wants out, they have something screwy going on. Yeah, and, like but, and face it, look lawsuit. at and look at the guy. He's total MK Ultra. <laughs> He's just completely drugged out and controlled. It's obvious. I'm sure they've got a chip in his head by now. He starts so sweating. They- so whatever the case is, this, this this is the big story this week. These guys, these two reporters, worked on this for, and I have to say, this is why the big news media, the major news media, is more important often than bloggers and, and you know, wannabes, because they can be paid to work for two solid years to develop this story. And they developed this unbelievable story, which I, they will turn into a book. And I think, you know, the smart money will read the book because it will have more stuff in it. Because obviously nobody's paying attention to this. It is a scandal of epic proportions. But what are we looking at? We're looking at this Shirley Sherrod and two or three other bonehead stories that are just dumb. And nobody wants to talk about the fact that everybody in this country is a spy. <laughs> One of our producers did some extra work, and I put all his links in the show notes about Honeywell. Uh, of course, oh a, yeah, they're a, right up there. They're, they're cropping up in the news, the spy news. Well, listen to what he's got. He's got a uh, long-time working relationship with the CIA. They were selected to provide both the initial navigation, automatic flight control systems for, I guess, the drones, uh, Clinton connection. Uh, climate change, a global problem that requires local action, and how is Honeywell is proud to put our energy management experience to work as part of this global effort. So then, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, oh, they're also in high-speed trains. They produce the QA650 for industrial-grade applications, including automotive test instrumentation, uh, braking system, deceleration, uh, land nav- navigation for vehicles, subway, high-speed rail. Uh, they are facilitating the carbon, cr- carbon credit trading systems, Ta-da. building reactors in Iran. Hello. As they refuse to cease their business in Iran, is participating in projects to develop Iran's oh, wait, 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 energy stop, industry. Stop, stop. Wait, wait, that can't be legal. Well, they don't give a crap. Of course, well, I don't know. It's uh, Maybe that is, maybe it's only the... The oil industry that is uh, boycotting. No, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, a embargo. You can't be doing business with Iran unless there's something fishy going on. Well, let me read the. Here it is. Um, yeah, this is a recent article, June twenty first. Honeywell has re- refused to cease its business in Iran and is participating in projects to develop Iran's energy industry. A Honeywell subsidiary, Universal Oil Products, currently engaged in expanding and upgrading the Arak refinery. Interesting. Well, it says Iraq. No, it's A-R-A-K. It's Iran, oh. but it's the Iraq, oh, Iraq refinery Iraq, in Iran. Yeah. Uh, Honeywell's decision is especially egregious considering that Honeywell does more business with the U.S. government than any other company currently active in Iran. <laughs> wow. How many other companies are <laughs> doing knows? Someone, they're holding a rally, United Against Nuclear Iran. Uh. Well, you can look at all those links. Great work. Uh, I don't know if this producer wanted to be named or not, so I'm a little 
careful with. Yeah, we will refrain from naming people if we don't know for sure because some people are in. Some people are working for a living. Many of our supporters actually have jobs, which is uh, insider jobs too. I I might I might add. I got a lot of insider emails this week from people who uh, who really know uh, what's going on on the inside. Well, before we go to that, and we, I think we made our point with this story. We could play, by the way. I do have a long clip if you want. Nah. Yeah, you want well, We can play at the end of the show. Which one is it, just so I know? It, it's the interview with, uh, let me go back to my little thing here. It's the interview with um, with the, with the woman everywhere. who, the, we, Margaret Warner speaks with Dana. Right, right, right. That's, that's the seven-minute clip. We'll play that at the end of the show. The seven-minute, it's a long seven-minute clip. It's boring. But it has a, there's a couple of interesting points that are made in the clip, including the fact that these researchers they found like like the, the half a dozen uh, intelligence agencies set up around the country, and they have them mapped out everywhere, and they're working on the exact same project. You know, kind of redundant, a lot of redundancy. They're, nobody's doing any real work. They're doing. She says they're doing like low end stuff. Nobody wants to do any real hard heavy lifting, and that's why you had this character at you know uh, Letterman and. The, the Hassan guy shooting up the place because nobody cares. It's just a, this is just a complete waste of the taxpayers' money. And, and the clip is called Spies Everywhere. Yeah, we'll play that at the end of the show. We'll play that after the show's over. Uh, I just wanted to mention one thing just before we got into some uh, more meaty stuff. You know, we talked about the 1099s being a, a, a scandal. Uh, because they they slipped this crazy stuff in the health care bill, and I was listening today, and I looked it up, and in fact, it's true. The they not only put made people. Everyone has to do a ten. You know, if you're self-employed, especially or small business, you have to do a ten ninety nine for anything you spend over six hundred dollars for, which includes airlines. Does that mean we have to start sending our knights a ten ninety nine? We're not buying any services from them, right? They have to send. They probably. Well, I don't know. Uh, be careful. We may have to change our be numbers. Careful. Yeah, you don't know. Be very careful. Here, let me just read this. So starting January first, this is in 2012, so we don't have to wait yet. And they're going to try to re- drop to get this out of there. Although the Obama administration, the Democrats may not allow it. Uh, Form 1099s will become a means of reporting to the Internal Revenue Service the purchase of all goods and services. Donations may not count by small businesses and self-employed people that exceed $600 during a calendar year. Precious metals such as coins and bullion fall into this category, and coin dealers have been among those most rankled by the change. In other words, if you go buy $1,000 worth of gold, it's now, uh, it now has to become <coughs> a public document. Oh, yeah. And this got every all these gold nuts, you know, yeah, you up in might, arms, yeah, up in arms because you know you, you're not buying gold so it can be confiscated. The, the big fear is that now the government's going to know every ounce of gold you bought, and when they want to confiscate all the gold, they're just going to come knocking on your door because they got your ten ninety nine. Oh right. Well, I'm I'm glad I got my gold two years ago because they still eight hundred bucks. You know, that's what that's what Roosevelt did. Yeah, he he recalled that everyone had to hand in their coins, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, I pried out of my dead fingers. It was uh, it was a felony if you kept the gold. Yeah, well, there's more felonies I commit. Yeah, well. So all of this, of course, really distracted from uh, the uh, Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act of 2010, known as HR 4173, which I have dubbed the Federal Reserve Empowerment Act. Uh, The president signed that legislation today. It is now law of the land, 
And if you really look at this, yeah, there's some some print in there about uh, credit cards and and fees, etc. That's the protection part. And then the part where they stomp on you with a jackboot is giving all the power to the Federal Reserve. I, I know I sound like a broken record, but the Federal Reserve is not a part of the government. It's a private organization of banks. And I have the CNBC app, and whenever there's important news, in fact, I swear to God, it went off when Lindsay Lohan went to jail, which was... which was Oh, that's important news. <laughs> CNBC. Uh, it's been going off all day. Bernanke's out there. Boing! Well, I think we'll have, you know, it's going to be tough time. So now he has the power, right? So now Bernanke has been given the power, and now he's in the foreground because now he's God. He will run everything. And he comes out and he said, hey... We got to spend, people. You stupid slaves, go to the mall. <laughs> yeah, the said, banks are loosening up their purse strings. We you probably need could. to go spend. He's a uh, stupid slave. At the current moment, the large deficits, as unattractive as they are, are important for supporting economic activity, which means more debt for us. The nation's central banker told the Senate panel, citing weak private spending and a great deal of excess capacity. Bernanke added he'll be reluctant to withdraw that support to precipitously in the near term. His comments strongly echoed remarks he made in June. Precipitously. Yes, it's the $2 word of the day. Uh, Outstanding public debt currently $13.2 trillion, and he's going to make it more. He says we'll also see inflation. Um, He's going to, so I guess rates are going to go up a little bit. But uh, he's he's now the we'll master. See. He's he's now the master. Well, he, he owns us. He, he owns us. He totally owns us, and he's going to put small banks out of business, and he's going to empower his buddies, and everyone's going to go. What what just happened? Huh? How how that happen? Huh? Huh? It got ramrodded through, and everyone who signed that bill should be shot at dawn. I said it. So there's a provision in the law on page 172 of the conference report which may lead to unconstitutional racial and gender preferences being forced on financial institutions. Oh, this is the uh, you've got to have women and minorities part? Becker Posner uh, blog talks about this. Yeah, you have to, you have to, uh, you, ha- you must uh, load up with uh, women and minorities in the banks. So the Bank of America was taken over by women years ago. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> no, it's like they 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 put a bunch of women executives. The whole place is crawling with women. They're, that's you know, it's just a it's a bank of women. Really, they might as call it the Women's Bank. <laughs> the chick Seriously, bank. it started some years ago. It's like everybody, all the everybody, all the officers, all the tellers, everybody. You go to a Bank of America, it's all women. Chick Bank. It's a chick bank. <laughs> it's a total chick bank. I hate that bank, by the way. Yeah, me too. It blows. It totally blows. It's one of the worst banks. Our bank is great. Mechanics Our bank. Our bank is, yep. Mechanics bank. Mechanics bank. It's a little bank. You can buy shares in Mechanics bank. I really? $13,000 a share. How much? It's like $13,000. Okay. Well, maybe. It's one maybe. of those. They, they don't really want to trade the stock. <laughs> maybe next year. Are they public? Yeah, there's a. I looked it up. There's a public <laughs> component, and it's like some sort of preferred shares, and they they've been as high as eighteen thousand, wow. and then they drop down to like eleven during the crash, and then they're back up to like thirteen five. It's probably a buying opportunity if you got thirteen thousand dollars to buy huh. one share. Yeah. Well, I don't know about it. You know, now that Bernanke runs our lives, runs everything. Yeah, you wa- know, you watch. You watch what happens. The economy is now. He's going to totally crash it. 
Well, these guys, luckily, this bank and some other small banks like them have stuck to their guns and they, they Did, remained a real bank. They didn't do a bunch of crazy loans. They didn't take any TARP money. In yeah. fact, they have little yeah, little clipping little, uh, on the uh, at the uh, what do you call it? The tellers, the tellers. Some yeah. of the tellers have got clippings. We refuse to take TARP money. Yeah, God, it's an old-fashioned bank, and good I thought it was privately that. held, but I you know good I think there's some sort of shares out there. Uh, there's an interesting little clip of uh, Congressman Ron Paul, which is in the show notes, where he explains how we're really at a 22 percent unemployment rate. That's would yeah, I think that's probably true. You want to hear his quick ex- explanation? Yeah, he actually goes I into think, some detail. But. Welcome, Doctor Romer. And, uh, and by the way, this is when he's talking to uh, to Christy Christy Romer uh, at the, uh, in the Senate welcome, or in Dr. the Romer. House. Um, I'm not very good at the partisan blame game, but I am very interested in uh, the business cycle and why we have unemployment. And actually, uh, I'm interested in the measurement of our problems. I think sometimes we deceive ourselves because... I like, by the way, that he also says measurement, which is kind of our way of saying it. Measurement. It's not measurement. Following some free market uh, websites that measure unemployment somewhat differently than our government, they come up with a figure of 22% of under, under unemployment. And also, even the way the Bureau of Labor Statistics measure it, if they look at all the people who are uh, not looking for work at the moment, that, that is 16%. So things are uh, not very good. Also, the GDP is what we measure. If the GDP is going up, everybody's supposed to feel good. But, you know, if we spend a billion dollars on a missile and we blow it up, that's kind of this uh, increase in the GDP. And it didn't give us a house and didn't give us a health care. That's funny. If we blow a million-dollar missile up and it actually increases the GDP. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like we know how to blow things up. We did up good. <laughs> we increased Wait a minute. Light the fuse. Let's watch the GDP Two go up. expensive bullets. <laughs> here are education. So there's a big difference and also the inflation rate is very important if you go back and use the old cpi measurement of inflation we have six percent not two percent uh, you know this guy is he, he's a, an award-winning economist actually did you know that no but i'd like his numbers because it makes a lot more sense to me than what i'm hearing yeah yeah so it's a it's a long clip but it's something yeah you should take a look at it'll be on no agenda show uh, tv.com uh, and, of course, linked in the show notes at noagendashow.com. But, yeah, I, I think his numbers are much closer to reality. So with 22%, like three more clicks, and we're on par with the Great Depression, right? Yeah. Well, we're, we're actually on par uh, considering the Great Depression began uh, with the crash of 29. We started a year earlier, and then, uh, which is not uncommon historically. And, you know, you can start to always say. But then the... Uh, uh, it took uh, three years before the Great Depression actually began. It didn't like it wasn't the crash of twenty nine, and then boom, you're in the Great no, no, Depression. No, no, no. Thirty two, right? Wasn't it? Thirty three. Thirty three. It hit rock bottom, and so uh, so we if it, if it's going to go on that schedule, then we're either going to hit rock bottom in twenty twelve or twenty thirteen, and then uh, then you got then then you, we can start talking. Well, it's going to be perfectly timed for uh, Barack Obama to get ousted, or worse. And Hillary Clinton to come sailing right in. She's all over the news now. Now she's doing uh, profile pieces, personal pieces. She has a new hairdo, too. Have you noticed the new hairdo she's oh, got? Oh, no, I have not seen the new hairdo. Oh, let me send you this. this send me a link. Send me a link. Actually, the, I must uh, see it. You have to see it because uh, they make a comparison. Here it is. Uh, I'm just Skyping it to you. Well, I mean, they, she did change her hair when she used to wear that crazy band across her head. Yeah, well, no, no, no. Take a look at her now because she looks exactly like... George Washington. 
<laughs> Take a look She's at the going for it. She is totally going for it. It's like, hey, you know what? It's my turn at bat. I'm going to look like our founding oh, father. <laughs> Don't you see oh, it? She does look like George Washington. I'm telling you. She's got it completely down. She's got the whole hairdo with the flip-ups down there at the bottom. And she's doing. She's completely profiling herself. So as you know, as I've kind of predicted, she'll resign as Secretary of State and she'll run in 2012. Barack Obama pretty- has done his job. He only has one thing left to do, and that's uh, cap and trade. That's the only thing left. And he's predicting is going to get that done in a couple weeks as well. And then, oh yeah, there's this. He's God, man. This is. His weekly address, which, which I, I don't want to play it for you, but it, all he's doing is, in fact, he came out on the, in, in the Rose Garden, I think. It's like, oh, the Republicans, the Republicans, they don't want you to have any, uh, they don't want you to have any empl- unemployment benefits. And, you know, they're, they're, they're using parliamentary tricks to stop the vote. And, and I don't even know what's, I don't even know what's true anymore. I really don't. No one's, no one's really reporting anything in depth on what's going on with that. No. And there's a ton of people so, who... Well, because we have the other uh, uh, nothing-to-see-here element of the week, which was the revelation, because they apparently some some closed journalistic uh, chat room among, where all the, the Democrat journalists apparently were hanging out during the, uh, the 2008 election. Somebody blew out all their, their chats. And this is like, now if you listen to any right-wing talk show during the day now, all they're doing is reading the transcripts of various people. Oh, really? And, yeah, it's all the same thing. Oh, we can't let that happen. Obama's, uh, that, you know, Jeremiah Wright thing has to be suppressed. We have to stop writing about it. Oh, really? I haven't seen this. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, this is this is the news all week. I mean, this this supplanted the other story. Huh. Uh, yeah, and then they say, no, no, if, 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 if somebody says the Jeremiah Wright thing, call him a racist. That'll shut him up. Oh, it's the Ministry of Truth chat room. Yeah, the Ministry of <laughs> Truth chat room. It's actually quite... <laughs> That's great. It's kind of interesting. It's not, you know, I don't think it's as interesting as these guys think it is, but it's just a bunch of guys gassing, you know. But, uh, you know, it's, it shows you... We already know that there are a bunch of... Uh, Democrats that run the media. Let me go kill this fo- phone call while you bring up the next point. Yeah, the point I was going to bring up is I was watching, uh, I was flipping through the channels actually, and I think we were watching the Big Bang Theory for some reason. Uh, and, you know, I rarely watch uh, network television. And um, the Big Bang Theory is produced by Chuck Lorre Productions. That's L- oh, yeah. L O R R E. And I think the show before it, which may have been, it may have been Two and a Half Men, I don't know. And so the credits roll, and then there's like this slide, which is up for half a second, and it's filled with words. What? Yeah, and I'm like, Did you catch this? Yes, yes. So I froze it. In fact, I'm going to Skype this to you because I want you to see it. And but and I was like, whoa, that's a sub- that's something subliminal, and you can't really do that. There's, one there's, Mississippi, two Mississippi, that no, long? No, way. Shorter than that. It was like one Mississippi. You know how sometimes in the in the here, accept the file in the uh, in the end credits. You know the you'll have like Fox Twenty One. You'll have you know all these different. Yeah, but sometimes at the end up. of a show, when they're with their short time, they'll roll past the, these credits really fast. It was just a flash. And now let me read this to the uh, listeners. Chuck Lorre Productions number 240, it says. A wise man once told me that we are all God in drag. Wait a minute, I'm looking at this. You're kidding me. No, let me read it. I like that. Sometimes when I'm in a public place or sitting at a stoplight, I'll watch people walking by and I'll silently say to myself, he's God, she's God, he's God, she's God. Before long, I always find myself feeling a warm sense of affinity for these strangers. 
The experience is even more powerful when I do this while observing a person who is clearly suffering. On occasion, I'll test my little spiritual practice by turning on Fox News. Within minutes, I become an atheist. Like, what the hell is this? Oh, this is un. This you win this week's award for catch of the day. And this was on. Uh, you K- got the big fish. This was on you, KCBS. You, you were watching this crappy show and you caught this. Well, yeah, and I'm like, I was like, whoa, what is that? You're wa- wait a minute, you were watching the Big Bang Theory. People gave me crap for watching Bonnie Hunt. I told you I was skipping through. Christina's here, you know, and she's like, oh, I like the Big Bang Theory, so we watch it. And that you can see it's it's like you can see it's almost over, right? Nine thirty, and so I just frame it back a little bit, and I'm like, holy crap! And I missed the one before because I was watching it on the other TV, of course, the one that doesn't doesn't have the DVR. But he has. This is number two hundred and forty. He must be flipping these up all the time. What? Well, hold on a second. There's got to be some reference. If there, if this is number two hundred forty, and they've been flipping it up all the time, there is a database of these things on the internet. On the internet? Let's see. I'm going to do Chuck. Chuck Laurie two forty. Yeah, that'll do it. Vanity card. Oh, here's two seventy nine. Oh my god. Oh my god. So everybody knew about this, but us. Vanity cards. If you look no, no, at vanity cards, go to chucklory.com. He has it. He has them all on his site. Yeah, there they are. Oh my God! So they're all there's some gems in here. Over the years, CBS executives have always been very generous when it comes to sharing the ide- their ideas as to how I might better do my job. Blah blah blah. Final thought: If you adopt my idea, my consulting fee is one million shares of CBS stock, or better yet, one hundred shares of Apple stock. What is this? Chuck Glory Productions number 195, a very terse one. United we stand. Ugh. Oh, my gosh. But he just flashed. Oh, wait, wait. Here, here we go. Here we go. Chuck Glory Productions number 182. This is the first one of the list on this, on this page, and there must be earlier ones. But back when I was writing and producing Dharma and Greg, the only way to read my cards was to record each episode on a VCR and hit the pause button. This was not an easy task. The image <laughs> wobbled like crazy, making the tiny words of my weekly tomes very hard to see. He's been doing this for years. Then it hit me. It was about building a device that records video images digitally. Wouldn't this allow blah? And then he just goes on. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But there's, but there's, but that whole thing about watching Fox and then I became an atheist, this is weird. Here, 210. Change your mailing address and briefly reconsider drugs, alcohol, food, sex, and TV. <laughs> Whatever. But it's subliminal. It's illegal, by the way. You can't do this. I believe it is illegal. Maybe that, that law's been changed or nobody wants to enforce it. You can't do that. Well, anyway, I just thought it was interesting, and now I'm going to have to go look through all 300 of them to see what other stuff he's popping into the kids' brains. Douche. Yeah, none of it good. I'm going to give him a little... uh, Douchebag! Totally. Hit it again. Again? A double doucher. He's a double douchebag! Jeez. (laughs) It's rare, but it happens. All right, from the uh, two to the head files, three very disturbing um, reports. Yeah. Journalist Socrates Gaiolias gunned down in Greece. A Greek investigative journalist has been shot dead outside his home in Athens. Terrible. Uh, I don't know if he was a real truth writer, though. Uh, no, but he, but apparently he was about to report on corruption. Yeah. All you got to do is hold your pencil in the air in Greece and you find that. Then uh, this one got no ink as far as I can tell. Uh, Tennessee 
election official from Monroe County, James R. Brown, found dead in the trunk of a burning car. That's suspicious. Uh, yeah, an election official, you'd think. So that was uh, like, wow. Uh, Madisonville. Uh, so the car was, uh, yeah, the, the car was ablaze, a brand new car. Suicide. And, and uh, Yeah, he, yeah, he locked himself in the trunk and lit it on fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me see if they, ha- if they say an apparent suicide. That's always funny when they put that in the report. Uh no, no, they're not. They're not they're, but you know, notice they don't say, "Dude, the guy was killed." No, it's no just foul a, play suspected. No, <laughs> don't even say that. However, the most interesting one, and apologies to and to anyone who's related to uh, the Stanford climatologist and Nobel Peace Prize winner Stephen Schneider, uh, who was one of the driving forces behind the IPCC four report. And shared the 2007 Nobel Prize with former Vice President Al Gore, died of a, an apparent, it even says, an apparent heart attack while on a flight from Stockholm to London. And uh, you and I were going back on email about this. And uh, you know, to me, it makes total sense. I'm, I have to call this out as a total two to the head measure. Because, you know, we've gotten rid because this whole thing, it didn't work. Right, we and and we have to start all over again. We, luckily, we've got BP seeping oil, and uh, and the whole Gulf Coast is ruined. So that's uh, more than enough reason to get off of oil. Certainly, our dependence upon foreign oil. We got Al Gore out of the way by branding him as a sex crazed poodle, and so he's off to the sideline. And now they're they're ramping up, as we talked about on the last show on uh, on Sunday. They're ramping up to write the IPCC five report, and I think they needed to get this guy out of the way. And, and at the same time, make him a martyr to the cause. A martyr to the cause, beautiful. So they can say, "Hey, uh, let's do it for what's his name, Stephen." Yeah, Stephen Snyder. Yeah, let's do it for Stephen. We really, with global warming, Stephen, this poor, you know, and we like to have a minute, two minutes of silence for Stephen, and then right. let's let's get this done for Stephen. For Stephen, right? Uh, is there any mention of a? Did he have a a, a bad history? Uh, was he sick? Heart problems? No, probably not. <laughs> no, just happened. Hmm. <laughs> just these things happen. That's sad, man. It's really sad. You know, you just it just makes you not want to work for the government. <laughs> Certainly not for the United Nations, because you know you fall off off of stairwells. Yeah, and the, 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 we got, we, we and... forget about this. You know, one of these. Well, we have, I'm working on an evergreen show for people out there for some emergency. But one of these days, uh, we should if we can get all these the, the crazy story about the guy falling down the stairwell. The one is like three or four. Yeah, there's a bunch of these guys. There. Oops! Whoops! Whoa! There he goes. <laughs> Um, throwback. We got a uh, a note from uh, a No Agenda Minuteman, Matt. In the morning, guys, I just got back from my parents' place where my dad told me a story that my uncle had told him last Saturday, and it blew me away. It particularly blew us away because you and I both received this email. His uncle apparently went to a Minnesota Twins game in April, and uh, he struck up a conversation with a man sitting ne- next to him. And uh, and Matt's uncle said, "Well, what do you do for a living?" Uh, turns out the guy's a retired JAG officer from Washington, D.C. 
and he was in town for an anti-terrorism conference in the Twin Cities. Perfect. Catch a game while you're uh, fighting terrorists. And he now works for a law firm in D.C., which is nothing but retired JAGs. What does JAG stand for? Uh, uh, Judicial uh, something? Adjutant General, uh, Jurist, uh, Jury. It's something to do with the, uh, It's obviously, it's, I don't know. I I don't know. Okay, I think I think it's a a legal arm of our uh, here. Let me let me. I'll tell you what. I have a thought. Yeah, Google it. Why don't you ask the CIA? I mean Google. So this firm uh, that the guy works for specializes Advocate General Corp. The firm specializes in anti-terrorism and intelligence. So his uncle said, you know, hey, well, since you would know. What's the next big terrorist attack going to be? And the guy gave him the answer. And this, and for those of you who've been listening to this show, will recognize this story, and you'll be yes, blown because away. we dreamed it up long ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, I'm just reading verbatim. Basically, what the guy had to say was this: We know that about five percent of American women have breast implants. We know this from scanners at airports. We can see that they have implants, but can't tell what's inside them. It could be silicone or C4. We have no way of telling. Well, I think C4 is a little harder to the touch. We think that a terrorist... Maybe more firm. We think that a terrorist group will recruit a Somali woman from a Midwest state, and I think he said either Minnesota, Wisconsin, or Michigan. They will bring her over to Somalia to have a mastectomy and put fake breasts filled with C4 on her instead... From there, she'll board a Delta flight back to Amsterdam, then back to the U.S. During the flight, she'll stick a detonator in her breasts and blow up the plane. That yeah, f- would do it. Uh, so this was on the, the 16th of April is when this conversation took place. And the guy actually mentioned Delta by name. Apparently, they have a flight from Somalia nonstop to Amsterdam, yeah. then nonstop to the U.S., yeah, the man tra- also I think the, the Delta, by the way, is is being targeted. I think it's going to be. Uh, uh, I think it's, I think if you have Delta frequent flyer miles, of course you might get on the wrong plane. But if you do have these miles, I would use them. Uh, something <laughs> yeah, something is up with Delta. Now, so, but now, uh, of course, we had this story and and we laughed it off because it was reported somewhere that there would be exploding boobies. And now all of a sudden, and I have no reason to doubt this uh, email. I have no reason to doubt Minuteman Matt's uncle that he actually had this conversation. Yeah, there would, you can tell. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this I mean, is, once in a while we get a creative person that dreams something up, and it's, it's, at least it's entertaining, but this does sound reasonable. I think, I, I think there's, a, there's, a, there's a fly in the ointment, as it were, with this concept. Well, it does come right along the heels, and this is something that I actually forgot to mention, although it's been uh, making the rounds for almost two weeks now, that, um, what's his name, Uh, Shapiro, who used to be uh, in the Clinton administration, Robert Shapiro, he uh, was in, he he was... sure that's the right name? That's the, that guy's the... Rob Rob Shapiro. yeah, Robert, Robert Shapiro, because that, that's not the same Robert Shapiro that does the the law website and used to be O.J. Simpson's lawyer. No, it was, he will work with Clinton. I don't. I think it's. I don't think it's the same one. All right, go on. Sorry. So he was in a Washington. Uh, I'm sorry, Financial Times article. Financial Times, I think, is pretty good with the reporting. They don't seem to have any real agenda. And uh, near the end of this. It was basically about Obama and his, uh, and his approval rating. And here's the credit. 
The bottom line here is that Americans don't believe in President Obama's leadership, says Rob Shapiro, another former Clinton official and a supporter of Mr. Obama. He has to find some way between now and November of demonstrating that he is a leader who can command confidence and, short of a 9-11 event or an Oklahoma City bombing, I can't think of how he could do that. Mm. That's kind of weird. Yeah, it's like uh, saying, hey, there's a false flag coming up. That's like telegraphing it almost. Yeah, which would you would do if you were in the Clinton camp. So to keep him from, you know, in other words, you say, well, you know, the only thing is he's going to have to blow up uh, this building over here in the next two weeks to get away with anything. And you meanwhile, now he can't blow up the building because you pointed it out. And because, you know, maybe this guy's part of the whole agenda to get uh, Hillary elected in uh, 2012. Voila. Here's what I'm thinking. I think I predicted this on the show already. I'm going to predict it again because I can't really remember from one week to the next. Which is (laughs) You don't say. (laughs) Yeah. And like you're any better. Uh, to say the least. Anyway, and you're like, you know, anyway. So the point is, I think that, I think Obama is not going to run for a second term. And he's going to point at his family. He's going to say, look, um, I got two daughters. Let They're me now be clear. becoming teenagers. And it's going to, you know, I'm going to miss out on everything. It's going to ruin their lives. And I think I've done what I had to do. I was, I did the job. And I want to, I think we should give the job over to this woman. Uh, if, if, by the way, if Obama does bail out because the, the way the cycle, business cycle is, he'd be bailing out at the point where things would be so crappy and wouldn't really come back into any. We have no quality uh, economy till twenty. Well, I, I think a couple things have to happen first. Here's here's what I see unfolding, and I, and I'm on board with you. And you you actually started with the whole Clinton uh, Obama bashing vibe, and I think you're right. So now that the uh, Ben Bernanke has basically the switch uh, at his uh, right under his thumb, I believe that uh, the economy now the implosion of the economy starts, and there's a number of reasons why that benefits him and and his banking buddies, and it's going to be blamed by Obama on the um, uh, on the Republicans because you know you don't really have a, a full blown depression until everyone is in bread lines. And you'll be in a breadline because this uh, legislation for the extension of uh, unemployment insurance benefits is not going to get through the House. Uh, it's going to be blocked, and it's and so people are going to start starving for real. You know, for real. How long have these employment benefits been extended? Eighteen months already by now. So there's long, longer probably. So people are going to be starving, and when you see the lines, and you see the soup kitchen, and you see the bread lines. And then, of course, Bernanke flips the switch, and then it's all going to come crashing down. And then Obama's, you know, after he will, of course, uh, wing cap and trade through. I think is a real possibility he can get that done. And then he'll then he'll get on that bandwagon. What you said and say, you know what? I've done everything. Uh, but uh, look he at my, passed health care. That's the main yeah, thing. Look at my gray he's, hair, and he's uh, good Hillary's going to go. take over. And by the way, doesn't she look great with her new hairdo? Yeah. She looks like she should be on an oatmeal box. <laughs> she might be in the future. You never know. A hundred years from now. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, it, it really seems like that is unfolding. And it's it's crazy. I was thinking about this under the shower, John. I, I thought of you in the shower. <laughs> oh, thanks for, yeah, great. By, by itself is kind of like, <laughs> I was thinking about how 
much closer you've come to my thinking in the past two years. No. Yeah, maybe you're just more vocal I, about you're, it. No, your main thing, and you're, you're just thinking, you're just thinking a little bit outside the box politically. But you're the the kind of thinking I don't come close to, which is the flying saucers, these idiots, chemtrails. Chemtrails is part of it, the whole thing. I mean, I don't go that far, but I I do. Uh, I've never not thought that there's a lot of intrigue at these levels, but, uh, and, and again, of course, we have an economic cycle we have to deal with. Right. And the fact of the matter is, Obama is not looking good. He's not taking the bull by the horns. He's not showing leadership. He's not saying the buck stops here. They fired that poor woman, Shirley, you know, for no good reason, when they could have made hay with that. But, you know, they jumped to conclusions. They, it's, it's kind of frightening, by the way. <coughs> Excuse me, the message of jumping to conclusions over the Shirley thing is subconsciously sending a terrible message to the public that, oh, oh my yeah, God, idiots. if this guy sees one missile, test missile from Russia, he's going to push the button. Yeah. <coughs> this is not what you want as the president. I think I had another Obama bashing story. Let me see. I've actually made a subheading in the show notes. Oh. Uh... By the way, you can bash Obama a little bit more in the office and other places in public where... Oh, you can you know, do it now. Yeah, no, now, now you can do it. You can do it. Yeah, I know. Well, they don't say anything. They're I very know. sheepish. Ooh. I know. Uh, our national treasure... I might as well do that one, too. Our national treasure... Actually uh, had a great report, of, and they were talking this uh, weekend edition Saturday, uh, headlined, Obama's Very Good Week. <laughs> I guess they didn't get the memo. The memo. It's time to bash the guy. Let's, let's see who they're sponsored by. Hold on. It's always fun to listen to uh, who NPR is uh, sponsored by. Let's. Uh, let's. I don't. I don't want to listen to the story. You can listen to it yourself in the show notes. But since I have the audio file here, might as well listen. Uh, it's coming directly from their NPR media player. Let's see. Support for NPR comes from the Cedars-Sinai Center for Minimally Invasive Gynecological Surgery, mm. offering fertility-sparing fibroid surgery. Yay. Learn more at 1-800-CEDARS-1. Yeah, that's a life-threatening disease. That's huh. right. If you can't have a baby, that's a commercial. It's a total commercial. They have a bunch of commercials now, including the ones for, you know, LifeLock and whatever. <laughs> and uh, Carbonite. So there is a carbonate. <laughs> Here's our code. So NPR. Um, so I got a couple of clips I want to play. Unless you're still going to stay on this. Uh, well, I was. Model. Well, no, I was thinking maybe we uh, thank some people for their support uh, since we. Oh, are we, we at the show? Yeah, yeah, we're already up there, and of course we we don't have Cedar Sinai uh, no, sending us no money, money for 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 birthing clinics. People give us some money, and that's that helps. And Sir John Smith of Alpharetta, Georgia. Gave us a hundred bucks this weekend, as much as he looks forward to, and would love to get a knight's ring. He doesn't want any of the effort to, uh, of making it to cut into John's C-SPAN time, because we all know that if you don't watch C-SPAN well, I'd have to. Uh-huh. you don't have to. And William Hyde of Springdale, Arkansas, gave us a hundred bucks, and he has a note that he sent us, which I now have to go find. Uh, and we'll read it at the, at the end of the uh, who, 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 birthday who? thing. William Hyatt in Springdale. Oh, okay. No, I don't. I don't have his uh, note. Well, I've got it. Oh, okay. I'll go find it. Okay. Peter. Uh, oh, I, I, no, I have his note right here. Oh, okay. Let, let me, it's actually a great a great note. He donated one hundred and ten dollars twenty cents. That's uh, fifty five. The double nickels on the dime times two for my wife and I. 
So no man could call me a douchebag for not donating. In fact, uh, I think you get uh, de-douched for that. You've been de-douched. And he had a really interesting... Uh, ooh, I love it when the bass... How come it only shows up as 100 bucks on the spreadsheet? It should be 110 oh. Well, PayPal takes the money. No, no, he no. This is not. This be pre PayPal money. Well, this is William Hyatt's email. So he okay. uh, he said uh, he had to go back and donate again because of this amazing karma story and has some magic numbers in it, which was great. Oh, he might have another smaller donation. Okay, so he went for a job interview uh, and he felt he did pretty good. Found out while well, on the interview, it wasn't quite the job he hoped for. He didn't get the job, but a good friend of his did, and it was a much better fit for this particular position. This was his first time when he was donating for karma. At the time, he emailed us and said, "Hey, the karma had failed." Well, he says, I wasn't too bummed out about it because I didn't get it. And, of course, his buddy got it. But he didn't understand how the karma could fail. It's impossible. <laughs> karma doesn't fail. It didn't, he says. And here's how it did not fail. A couple of months later, my wife and I were on vacation in New Orleans. I got a call from one of my coworkers that a person had vacated a position doing exactly what I wanted to do. I waited patiently for them to post the job on the web. Once they did, I called my boss to make sure he'd be okay with me applying for this promotion. I guess within the same company. He gave me his blessing. I applied. They called me for an interview. Everything just seemed to go so smoothly. I left home to drive the five hours to the site where I'd be interviewing the night before the interview. I stopped about an hour and a half out due to an upset stomach from the nervous feeling that I got that everyone gets when they have a big interview. I picked up a a soda and some Imodium (laughs) at the gas station, and the total came to (laughs) $3.33. Well, it gets better. I called my wife and told her the price. She said, that's a good sign. I then went to the hotel I was staying in for the night before the interview, and I was assigned to room 333. Another (laughs) odd coincidence. I went in for the interview in the morning and knocked it out of the park. They were really impressed with me. said they'd be in touch. I've worked with these guys for a number of years now. I know them pretty well. I have a great feeling about it. Traveled back home, kept working. A week passed. I hadn't heard anything. Then two weeks, then three weeks, and yesterday the HR, Human Resources, called me and extended an offer. All right, three weeks and three days. He will be, oh, yeah. He'll be a data network engineer for a major residential commercial ISP video services company. Karma not only got me the job I wanted, it also kept me from getting the job I really was not fit for, even though I felt a strong desire to do it. So here's another $100 just to shore up the good luck. There you yay, have it. Yay, yay, yay. Now, and we have no proof about this karma, but it does seem pretty coincidental. Yeah, that was a good story. It happens a lot. One of the best stories yet, uh, and hopefully it gets posted on our Karma site. Peter Morris, Elmhurst, New York, and $94. He's donating uh, what he made off selling his iPhone 3G online, decided to donate it all to the show. He made 94 bucks. That's it. I figured I'd do more than just my 5 bucks subscription. I also need karma for at least one of the following to happen. So he's got like a karma list. I'm looking for a better job, A. Two, my girlfriend is looking for a better job. Three, I am learning Objective C in hopes to f- build my own iPhone app. That's a good idea. Yep. I was inspired by the Big App Show. Thanks to Adam for an amazing app. I would, uh, I would recommend up, looking. Adam actually wrote this note. Keep oh. up the good work, and I hope my little contribution monthly in this money helps out. Thanks for inspiring me to be more informed and be a better citizen, which is, of course, what we do. Yes. And I would recommend uh, looking at tap links if you're building an app. It's a good framework. Tap links. Todd Simmons, or Sir Todd as we call him, 8 Mile Plains, Queensland, 6954. Sir Todd here. Uh, I wish uh, it was more towards my triple knighthood, but at last taxes screwing me. My girlfriend owed me $80, and this is what the exchange has given our... uh, This is... 
what the exchange has given our cause to N.A. Bad sentence. I think she was number 26 or so for the female no agenda contributors. Another dame, if I have my way, well, hopefully uh, you will have your way with her. Hey. And Dame wait, Tanya, wait, wait, wait. Did I miss something? <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, Is someone I, offering his sister? Did I miss this is what she said. Hey. Dame Tanya, New York, New York, our uh, old pal, $69. Uh, she's... Uh, Le 69. She's uh, replacing uh, her with the thirty three thirty three program, which you want to mention in a minute, and she wants to be on the mothership. Apparently, oh uh, yes, she's with she'll you, be nerfing away on the mothership. She wants to create her own art from uh, still my favorite album art, which I think was Paul T. But I need a higher res version of something. She's got the. I'm going to send a, to hook her up with the. Yeah. Go to No Agenda Art Generator and start there. Dot info. Dot info. Yes. David C. Pugh, uh, who we, I think we have a birthday here, uh, North Canton, Ohio, 55, double nickels on a dime. Jul- uh, Robert uh, Luliano, Castleton, New York, uh, double nickels on the dime. Looking for uh, karma. Good for, you'll find it. And William Nichols, uh, Hi John, who is in White House, Ohio. I, Hi John and former spy Curry. Uh, <laughs> former Soviet spy. Soviet spy Curry. <laughs> I've been listening one. to Genesis at the beginning, <laughs> finally donating. I'm also currently fundraising in honor of my dad, who was just do- diagnosed with a late stage cancer. My mother, who I lost Sorry. unexpectedly to cancer. If you could mention my site, www.ridecanceraway.com. Hey, man, we're hoping for some karma for you, for your for ridecanceraway.com. And it has to do with apparently he's going to be riding from New York to, or from San Francisco to Los Angeles. This is a bicycle thing. Mm-hmm. So check that out, ridecanceraway.com. Ricky Pierce. Sydney, uh, New South Wales is a knighthood layaway, and Val Communications. Uh, my name is Oleg Rakatine, brother of Sir Constantine Rakatine. Keep up the good work. When you uh, when you will when will you make it possible to donate through Google Checkout? That's I actually have an account. We can set that up pretty soon. I got to get this other stuff done first. I can't only uh, I can't use only this business PayPal account under my name. So if you can please go back and credit Val Communications donations to my name. <laughs> what? Great. I don't know. Send the money back. Val Communications, executive producer in late January, donation of two twenty two twenty two, and he wants to get a boarding pass, and he's going to work on that. I guess right. we do have a program. We also have. Can I, uh, can I do the birthdays for a second? We got a couple that. Uh, let me just mention Jeffrey Glennon and Hans Petterfeld uh, in Oslo, uh, especially Hans. He's. Uh, Tried to tell his two friends, Jack and Lars, believe it or not, there's people named Lars in Norway. Uh, I hope they have by now, which is John, I think, in Norway. I'll push them again and have them call, get call, or call him out as a douchebag. And uh, he'll do some recruiting. Okay. All right. Well, we got a double shot from Chasen Rodzilski, who, of course, is an executive producer on today's episode of No Agenda for episode 219-er. Uh, he wants to, I guess, wish himself a happy birthday. He turned uh, 20 on July 22nd, and he wishes a very happy birthday to Shane Rodzilski, uh, whose birthday was on July 18th. And then David C. Pugh turns uh, 20, uh, I don't know what his, what his age is, but it's his birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday on behalf of John, Adam, Eric DeShill, and all the No Agenda HQ folks. 
And then uh, we might as well uh, do this while we're at it. You, you got your sword, uh, Yeah, here it comes. Uh, yours is so big. What she said. C.G. Meyer, please step forward here. And kneel. Very good. You're about to be converted from a slave to a knight, my friend. C.G. Meyer, because you have donated the equivalent of at least $1,000 to the No Agenda Show, we hereby pronounce thee Sir C.G. Meyer, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Please step up, enjoy our hookers and blow, and the ring, which you'll get very soon. So we have a program that we offer, which is a boarding pass to the mothership for a subscription of thirty-three, thirty-three a month. Uh, now, th- now this is—it's uh, a real commitment. This uh, this type of support, and if we can get this type of support, wow! If we—I mean, I, I don't even know if we can fill up the mothership. I hope we can. Well, we have a thousand seats. Yes, well, it's standing room only, actually. And I saw—I saw someone <laughs> well, actually. I'm, I'm protesting the standing room part. Well, I got to got to talk to the to the Grays. Well, and someone actually ordered two seats because he wanted Ryan Air. Someone ordered two seats because he wanted extra leg room. I saw. <laughs> no, uh, it's uh, but it's a thousand seats. Uh, it's on the mothership. You get an actual boarding pass, uh, which is numbered. Your gate's on there. Your name is on there, uh, and the number is very important because there will only be one thousand of them. And then when the mothership comes, the mothership arc to take us away, which of course we know has already been circling over China. So uh, they're coming soon, I guess. Then uh, you will uh, have <laughs> you will have a boarding pass uh, to get on board because um, there's only one thousand and two seats. What's the two? That's you and I, my friend. What are you talking about? I'm sitting in the cockpit. Too bad for Eric the Shill. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need to go. Yeah, I might. Want, I, I think I might want to pick one up for Mickey and Christina. Actually, we might want to bring some family along. Uh, but yes, and uh, so so I guess you sent out a preliminary email. We and- sent out an email with the original offer. I'm going to do a follow up next week to remind people about it, and uh, hopefully, we'll. Uh, Grandy uh, is is looking at into uh, doing the, uh, the artwork. Asher is yeah. looking into doing the artwork. And, and, for the and we have about uh, 970 seats left. <laughs> yeah, well, you did, we just went out like a few minutes ago. Yeah. The mailing. Yeah. So we sold 30 seats so far. So, <laughs> Yeah, okay. It'll hey, be a while. Uh, It'll no, be a while before we get to 1,000. So but go there'll to, always be seats available. Noagendashow.com uh, is where you can find uh, the little donation button. And remember, we, this is a listener-supported show. We do it twice a week. We'd love to move, to move towards more. We'd love to do more. We'd love to be completely independent of any other stuff we got to do. Uh, but we're a ways off of that, and we we don't uh, we're not sponsored by uh, Anyone. fertility clinics or uh, Monsanto or GE or anyone sponsoring the so-called uh, independent uh, non-commercial media. <clears throat> and uh, Dvorak dot org slash na is uh, the direct donation link page. And if you're uh, in a spot where the Ministry of Truth has uh, sanctioned your usage, then you can try channeldvorak dot com slash na. And get Different server. Yes. So uh, we got it. We did get a note from Sir v- v- uh, Vegan, or a vegan. The official uh, no agenda vegan. Yes. Yeah, Shane. How big a dig? He sent me back the note on the uh, on the uh, boarding pass, saying, "How big a donation would it take for either you or Adam or both to eat vegan for one year?" Wow. 
I think three hundred grand would do it for me. A done, done deal. Yeah, done deal, done deal. I'll, I'll, I, I you know what? For three hundred grand, I'll eat dirt. Okay, <laughs> I will eat dirt. No problem. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, as long hey, as I can drink wine, I don't care. Uh, Bill Hutchinson from uh, Canada uh, answered my question about that uh, company that that is seeding the clouds with uh, silver iodide. Yeah. And of course, I questioned. Uh, you know, silver iodide is listed by the EPA as a, as a primary toxic chemical, and if it's coming down in the form of hail, then uh, it's probably touching you, and that may not be good. Yeah. And he says, uh, "Listen, the cloud seeding is paid for by the insurance companies to reduce insurance claims, apparently from huge hail, not by the government." And treating people for ailments associated with their exposure to silver iodide is paid for by our government through our socialized medicine. So we're all good. It's not yeah, a, it's good not to go. Problem. But yeah, I also got a link to this Weather Modification Inc. Oh, my God. John, they're everywhere. They yeah. are. They, if you look at their programs, uh, they have a map. And so it, it's an inter, if you go to weathermodification.com, yeah, we'll have a link in the show notes. Yeah, so I click on the United so they actually they're in the United States, Canada, Argentina, Mali, that's in Africa, Morocco, Spain, where else are they active? Greece, <laughs> Turkey, Saudi Arabia, so all of the United States. And I go to uh the projects for the United States. Oh my gosh. Delaware, uh Illinois, uh, Nevada, New Mexico, North Dakota, Oklahoma, the Panhandle, Santa Barbara, uh, Texas, uh, Arizona, Utah, uh, Wyoming. It's just tons and tons of projects where they're putting silver iodide in the clouds. I'm not, I don't want to say anything but spraying. Uh, and uh, noagendatv.com will, of course, uh, have that great video that's been doing the rounds this week of a kc-10 tanker plane uh <clears throat> apparently dumping fuel <clears throat> they had you know the planes do dump fuel once in yeah a while. this is not a fuel dump and they've got nozzles <laughs> nozzles on the wings have you, uh, you, you this have is a, a hoax it's not a hoax this isn't all right whatever i don't want to argue with you it's uh i i, I have no empirical proof yet of chemtrailing but wow this looks like it so I ran a piece on the blog, by the way, uh, which is on, up right now for people who happen to be live. But you can go back and look it up. It's, the title is Snow Everywhere in South America. You know, they rush. I was very suspicious when they rushed out that, that information last week or the week before. Oh, it's, it's the hottest year on record. 2010 is the hottest year on record. Yeah, people are freezing to death in Argentina. And I'm uh, thinking, Argentina. why are they making this announcement? We're, in, we're just the halfway through the year, and now and they're, they're, they've already, what, they, they can tell what it's going to be They already know it's hottest on record, yeah. It's the hottest on record. So meanwhile, apparently, there is the, the worst weather in history in South America that is just apparent. It's just like it's, it's dumping tons of snow everywhere, places where it's never snowed before. Uh, and I would read, the, read this article. It's quite interesting. It's a very, uh, it's just interesting. I mean, ever seen, I mean, it is, by the way, it is winter in South America, so that's kind of a plus. But generally speaking, uh, you don't get a lot of snow in the equator or, or even in Brazil or Argentina under any circumstances. But people are freezing to death there. Yeah, 80 people are dead so far from you know the weather. <laughs> it's like the guy's up to his shoulders in snow. I, I will mention that uh, 
Weather Modification Inc. Is, uh, has quite a hail damage mitigation program going on in Argentina. Do they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, maybe they're the responsible party. They, but, yeah. but whatever the case is, it seems odd. The province of Mendoza Ministry of Economy commissioned them. Yes, it seems odd and it seems even odder that uh, climatologists would say hottest year. I mean, forget Argentina, hottest year on record. We're, not, we're only halfway through. We're not yeah, even, no, we're I, barely halfway through. I got the sense that they were rushing this out for some reason. And I just, when I got this story, I said, well, maybe this is the reason they don't want to get these numbers in there because it's going to screw up everything. So the uh, story that infuriated me the most, and then I'd just love to hear some of your clips, John, because you got a couple that we haven't uh, dealt with yet, is this story. And usually I, uh, when I talk about this, it's about... Uh, elitists in europe and they're tied into european justice systems well guess what folks the pedo bear strikes again this time in our very own united states of gitmo hedge fund mogul jeffrey epstein free man today five years just five years after he was first accused of sexually abusing underage girls and this is unbelievable when you read this story this guy who by the way had uh his friends all the time uh, on his plane flying around the country, his, play, his friends such as, um, well, let's see, uh, Bill, Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew of, uh, of Gitmo East, Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak, New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson, former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers, dude looks like a pedo bear, uh, just a few of the prominent passengers on his many private jets. This guy literally had like a system pulling 12 year old girls off of beaches in palm beach he was uh trafficking them flying them on his planes from uh in and out of the country which actually you know if you have yugoslavian uh girls coming in that's like that's a whole nother offense and uh the judge just uh well he's five years just go sit there and uh, make some pasta in your cell oh do you know bernie bernie madoff here let me introduce you to him the guy got off with five years, and if this article, which was written by the Daily Beast, is so frightening. Have you seen this uh, article, John? No, I was looking at the ch- Channel 12, uh, CBS12.com uh, site to oh, catch up. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Palm Beach police identified 17 local girls who had contact with Epstein before the age of consent. The youngest was 14, many younger than 16. Just uh, And that was just one of his many homes around the world. He owns property in New York, Santa Fe, Paris, London, the Caribbean. Uh, and also one of these fantastic modeling agencies was involved. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's you know, that douchebag who runs fashion TV. Have you ever looked into that guy? I never, I don't even get fashion TV. Well, yeah, I think you do on the satellite. Fashion TV, it's basically a camcorder of fashion shows and and parties mainly parties and it's isn't all that on current you sure that's not running on current <laughs> it would make sense but it might might um yeah that guy's a total douchebag and he's been indicted several times i don't know if they actually ever caught him but he was also involved with these modeling agencies and basically the douchebag just has a tv channel to get young girls onto his yacht <sighs> sickening mm-hmm. sickening but the tie-in with with all these other elitist dickheads and uh, uh and the justice system and how the uh and how he got off so incredibly lightly is just sickening 
Well, if you get that kind of money, you can get a short sentence for that kind of thing. Because yeah, people but it just, just shows get... that people within the justice system are compromised oh, yeah, whole, because no. they're a part of it. They're a part of it. Well, you should look into the judge. Screw that. that. Now, the, the, these are the guys I'm actually afraid of. But uh, I'm not. I'm not afraid of it. It's the pedo bear. I'm afraid. I have nightmares about the pedo bear. He's coming to get me. It's just disgusting. And they get off. No problem. Literally. Yeah. And meanwhile, some kid uh, smoked dope in Oakland. He's in jail, in jail for twenty for, years. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and by the way, since we're on that topic, I do have a clip that's a little propaganda clip. It's not a new show, but I did catch it the other day. The Family Guy's pro marijuana. Um, oh, really? Episode. Cool. Where they actually have a song and they did the oh, whole good. Oh. and they do the whole thing. You might want to you can play it and you can get a feeling of where they're coming from on that show. I'm part of it like everyone else. <laughs> I can't believe they threw me in jail for a quarter ounce of pot. Well, Brian, it's your own fault. I mean, pot is illegal for a reason. Lois, don't be a hypocrite. You've smoked pot. Well, sure, Brian, but I'm thinking about the children. Pot's illegal mainly to protect them. No, no. Pot is illegal because William Randolph Hearst ran a smear campaign against marijuana in the 1930s to protect his interests in the timber industry because hemp was poised to replace wood as an inexpensive raw material for the manufacture of paper. (laughs) There's your smear campaign right there, Brian. (laughs) Mom's right. Drugs are bad, Brian. I mean, haven't you seen those commercials? It's funny. Do you know that Reefer Madness ran on Showtime the other day? (laughs) <laughs> really? it's, a, it's a remastered yeah they've made it from uh, oh, so they make so you can actually watch it without going my eyes my yeah. eyes and i i made mickey and christina watch it they were like holy crap this is so dumb yeah well you know what was dumb about it that movie is interesting to me sociologically for a number of reasons and the main one is any kid i don't know anyone who's ever saw the movie when they were a kid but if any kid would have seen that movie especially a teenage boy they'd be heading to the first pot party yeah, they could find. Yeah, I need, because all it showed was these women, they'd take one putting out. next thing you know, they were screwing everybody in the place. Yeah, I, but I love the crazy piano player in that. And the piano player was a <laughs> <mean> cat. <laughs> so a related story from the Wall Street Journal cropped up this week. Northern California's so-called Emerald Triangle, famous for marijuana farms that supply much of the U.S. with high-quality pot. I don't know that's true. Is well, fit- what, where is this again? <laughs> Wall Street Journal. No, I mean, where was the triangle? Northern California. Oh, that the Mendocino thing, yeah. Yeah, that is probably some of the best in the world. Well, it's facing competition, according to the Wall Street Journal, from hundreds of miles away in Los Angeles County. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, as this year's marijuana harvest season gets underway, law enforcement officials are focused on the Southern California County, which by some measures has bloomed into the nation's most productive pot garden. Yeah, is it really outside pot, or is it is these guys growing these plants by the dozens in their houses? Uh, using you know using artificial light, you're not going to get the quality. Well, the picture they show is um, of a couple of uh, sheriffs. Like tomatoes, you can't grow a good hot house tomato. No, you got to grow it outside. You got to cover it with fish emulsion. That's what really works well. Oh God, oh my days as a pothead. A related story insider from one of our producers who wishes to remain anonymous recently talked to a friend who came back from Afghanistan a couple of months ago. He said that his squad was guarding a poppy field for a few weeks, and he couldn't understand why he was guarding it and from whom. Well, of course, John, you and I know why, because that's one of the reasons we're over there is uh, for the for the uh, the the heroin uh, production, so that we can uh, uh, whitewash that money into our banking system. He assumed it was for insurgents, but as soon as an embedded CNN crew came to the farm. 
He thought it was funny that they were given orders to burn all the crops just in time for the CNN cameras. It's like they were guarding it the whole time and then just waiting for the cameras to capture the evidence of it burning. He thinks that if the cameras never came by, they would not have burned the crops. Duh. So Yeah, uh, this is the kind of thing that really annoys me that it's like... I have this little uh, logo I use on the blog, say, which says, "Why? Ask yourself why you're reading this on a blog." <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good one. Yeah, and it's like just like these stories are like it's almost it's so obvious. And I think most of our listeners are you catch this stuff now, but generally speaking, people don't think like this. No, of course not. They, they, I mean, when, if I try it from time to time, I've gotten really good at holding back, and we've had a lot of social situations recently. Uh, parties and stuff, and and uh, Mickey has really taught me that you know, dude, you know, easy on the shut git, up. Easy, easy on the Gitmo shit because you know it makes me look bad. <laughs> um, but then from time to time, I'll just slip it in. And say, well, you know, we're kind of guarding the poppies up there, and it will like crickets. You know, no one, no one even hears it. They're like, well, uh, whatever. Yeah, they're not even hearing it. So no, yeah. mo- most people don't think like that. But ever since uh, I was. Uh, Given the information about the satellite company uh, who live, uh, the satellite company in uh, Guilford when I was living in Gitmo Nation East, and uh, the guy actually said, "Look, here's all of the camps because the satellites track the camps, and here's all the poppy fields. And as you can see, the camps are set up all around the poppy fields because we're guarding them. And that's yeah, that's that big was, money. Yeah. So uh, one other Not, thing, by the way, the number is it came out on a sixty minute show where they were talking about everything but what we talk about. It's nine thousand tons." 9,000 tons of processed opium per, per harvest. So is that one, what is that, 18? That's 2,000 times 9,000. That's how many pounds. That's in the billions, isn't it? It's a lot. <laughs> Hold on, let me calculate. It makes my head hurt. No, it's not, I don't know if it's a billion or not, but it's a lot. Uh, it's a thousand. Let's do thousand. the math. Okay, let me get my pen. <laughs> I should be able to do it in my head, but it's too late in the day. Okay, so 9,000. Times 2,000. Two thousand is. Let me just count the zeros. One, eighteen, and one, two, eighteen million pounds. Eighteen million pounds of raw opium. Yeah, that that's a lot of high. That's a that's a lot. That's a lot of high. Now here's what got me. I have a a clip from sixty minutes. This is where I got that number, and the number could be low, but the uh, it probably is. As a matter of fact. So I got this, these, they, were, they were floating around, one of the 60 Minutes guys floating around Afghanistan, and, they, and, they, and I ran into two clips that were interesting to me. One is called Taliban Redefined. We used to know who the Taliban were and what they did and how they operated, but now they, they're, they're trying to redefine them. Well, they have so links they, to Al-Qaeda regardless, John. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're now a kind of a nebulous thing. You know, they're the ones, by the way, when they were running the country, they're the ones who took the, the, the opium out of production. And yeah, no, they, they, they killed it. They completely, it was, it was down and was gone. I mean, you know, they blew up some other shit and they were unfriendly towards women. But yeah, they stopped the, the heroin production. They stopped it. Exactly. Well, let, re, play the clip, uh, Taliban Redefined. But the enemy isn't one force. Taliban is a catch-all for a collection of tribes and warlords. Some are religious extremists, some are drug traffickers, and in Gulf Companies area, many are locals fighting for money. 
Golf company set up in Koshte, a village in Helmand province near Pakistan. It's a strange twist of history that golf company's area used to be called Little America. In the 1950s, a massive U.S. foreign aid project dug the canals that now feed half of the world's heroin poppies and shoulder-high marijuana. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Is that a beauty? Yeah, we, we, we actually irrigated and, it. And they never make the connection. We, Gee, in little, little America. We set up the entire industry. Yeah, we own that shit, brother. We own it. We own it. Both so prime sources. We take these irrigation ditches that are now used to feed the poppy fields, and they don't make the connection that we may have had something to do with the whole deal. What uh, What news, what fine outlet is this from? This is 60 Minutes, the, you know, <laughs> the, the great journalistic show that can't yeah. add two and two. That's the, the, the channel that runs those Chuck Lorre things. Hmm. Well, they well, if you want to hear what they do, here, you know, you, you first you get this crappy piece on on the uh, Taliban redefined where now they're anybody which makes no sense at all I, I have one more Taliban clip to play from that you want show, to play the rest get, of this or uh... well, the, 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 that's fine th that's the highlight believe okay, okay. yeah that, that, that digging the canal yeah. so but pl play the hilarious Taliban spy this one I want to set up because you're not gonna play much of this one either but they have this guy they say well we're, they're having a big meeting and the generals in there talking to the local leaders and the leaders are bitching and moaning that the Americans aren't doing enough and they need to bring more more, more canals with water. <laughs> and, and so then they say, and then a guy from a nearby village who comes in with a note that he found that was written supposedly by the Taliban that was nailed to a mosque that he coincidentally found. And if you've seen enough pictures of the Taliban <coughs> and how they present themselves, He's a Taliban. <laughs> he has a business card, doesn't he? He's got the big beard. He's a <laughs> he's Taliban, Taliban guy. But he's presenting himself as just some schmuck <laughs> who can spy on this meeting. And the way they play it, because they're so <laughs> stupid, that they play, well, here's this local guy, and he found this nasty note. And it's like, what are these guys? What they, this is the dumbest bunch of reporters I've ever seen in my life. Here we go. Um, the people here want this. They want a better way of life. Yes, it's difficult. And yes, it's challenging. It's challenging because 70% of Afghans are illiterate and 80% have no electricity. One Marine said, it's like fighting in the Bible. In golf companies' area, skepticism is worn into the faces that confront the company commander, Captain Matt Martin. The U.S. sees the new strategy as a fresh start. Afghans see it as the start of the ninth year that the Taliban haven't been defeated. If the men in your village are working with the Taliban, all I can tell you is to tell them to stop now. Every Wednesday, Captain Martin holds a village council called Ashura. This is what his Marines died for, the chance to win the people. The government is interested in putting a clinic here in Koshte. Martin offers government aid projects, but it's a tough sell. They want to talk about security. This man said, don't say we're giving refuge to the Taliban. When you leave, they'll attack us. I'm not powerful enough to resist the Taliban. You're not accepting my point of view. We become victims between you and the Taliban. This man worried that the U.S. force is too small. You can't hide the sun with two fingers he said jesus this voiceover is from late 1950 yeah this is horrible yeah, that's, that's our reporter oh my god meanwhile the guy's sitting there going back hey you want my sister no love money back yeah, who knows what he's saying more yeah no you gotta get to the part where the taliban spy comes okay. in the taliban are everywhere 
The next week, Golf Company was inviting a man named Yunus to the meeting. He pulled out a letter that the Taliban had nailed to the mosque, threatening anyone who met with the Americans. But the letter didn't keep him from the meeting, and Golf Company counted that as a win. Yunus said, when we're assured of our security, we'll cooperate with the Afghan army. On one of our last days with Golf, we saw how cooperation can save the lives of Marines. Using new and secret technology, the Marines destroyed an IED from long range while it was still being planted in the road. We went with Captain Zach Lehman on a patrol to investigate the site. But at the same time, a quarter mile away, a different patrol led by Lance Corporal Kisino was stopped by a terrified villager. Tell him to calm down. Tell him to calm down. The man said the Taliban was setting an ambush for Captain Lehman's patrol headed to the IED strike. We won't show his face. He risked his life to tip the Marines. He believes the Taliban are in the corn, uh, set up in ambush positions. Kisino reported to base okay, that layman's patrol... This is like, uh, it's like Hurt Locker. It's the worst thing ever. And if that fact is, versus Taliban guy comes in with this bogus note, and then the, uh, who is a Taliban guy, you know, and then, and then you have this, this secret weapon that blew up this one IED, supposedly. I mean, the whole thing is just a, it's just a scam. Yeah. So meanwhile, I'm watching the show. I'm thinking, gee, this is terrible, terrible reporting. I mean, I'm not really learning anything except there's a secret weapon now that can stop, you know, if some guy's planting. It was, it was a drone, you know. They saw the guy planting the thing and they blew him up. It's I mean, I don't laser. see how secret that is. So meanwhile, Charlie Rose, and, you know, because the 60 Minutes has become something of an outlet for Viacom and all its movies and all its other functions. So they, they're interviewing, of course, they had to do celebrity interviews. And Charlie Rose, and uh, he should just stay on, on, the, on the nation's uh, uh, treasure because he is creepy <laughs> on, on this show. And I got two clips from him, and he's interviewing on this fabulous news show, Penelope Cruz on a fluff piece where he's just complimenting her left and right. So just play the Penelope Cruz fluff piece where he calls her Sophia Loren and next uh. he's, he's preoccupied with Sophia Loren apparently. Yeah, well, he's and old. Hit it. At 36, Spanish actress Penelope Cruz is one of the most sensual and photographed women in the world. Yeah, in fact, I've got a picture of her above my bed. He's drooling. Uh, he's close to drooling oh, while he's doing boy, this. I love you, and as we reported earlier this year, she has won critical acclaim not only in Europe, but now also in Hollywood. And now I have my hands in my pants. She took home the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress last year, the first Spanish actress ever to win an Academy Award. How did this versatile performer from a working-class suburb of Madrid become this generation's Sophia Loren? Come and sit on my lap, and I will let you tell us all about it. So... This goes on and on and on, but then at some point he's kind of leans over and he gets really creepy, and he says the following, which I have on this clip, Charlie Rose uh, creep clip. Per appeal. It's always there. Other actresses have had it. Sophia Loren had it. Tell me about the sexuality. It's in your DNA. <laughs> Tell me about the he's sexuality. He's leaning over, whispering uh, in a low voice about this, uh, and he mentioned Sophia Loren again. And I swear to God, it was it would it creeped me out. Would you like Sophia Loren? Tell me a little bit about how the sexuality is in your DNA, because I'm Charlie Rose, and I want you to come over here. Uh, <laughs> 
my god. You do god. it actually better than he does. Yeah, well, practice makes perfect. Jeez. The right, so that's that is 60 creepy. minutes. That's what it's Yeah, that's that, that. There you go. That's our national news media. So um, I, I think we need to talk about uh, probably the most emailed story of the week, John. And this would be something that happened just uh, yesterday, I guess. This what? is the uh, BP Photoshopped Crisis Command oh. Center. By the way, I saw the original. Did, did you see the picture that's going? Did you get a copy of the picture? The yeah, real I've, seen picture? Them. I've seen them all. Seen them all. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the BP admits this, by the way. They acknowledged they posted uh, an altered photo on their website, exaggerating the activity in its Gulf Oil Spill Command Center in Houston. I saw the command center. It looks pretty busy to me, the real one. Okay, so I have a theory about this. So, <laughs> you ready? Um, and I, and I've, I, ha- I do not have all of the data yet, but uh, I believe that this entire thing... And of course, the num the, 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 the it hit me all of a sudden. I'm like, oh my god! Of course, if this so call it a small Photoshop. It doesn't matter what it is. This is equivalent to the fake moon landing, the very first one, which was done in the studio. And the and and, <laughs> and, we go. and I'll tell you why. This is why we pay him for the show. So we have spend. all of these roving cameras underneath, you know, five thousand feet underneath the the surface of uh, of the Gulf of Mexico. Who the crap knows what that is? It could be in a swimming pool with some mud thrown in there. I believe, and I have some of the uh, G- the GPS data and some of the coordinates. I'm putting it together, so hopefully I'll have this uh, in time for Sunday. Well, should have it by Sunday. I believe that they have not actually capped the real problem well, that they capped the well that they drilled in February which also had a problem with their blowout preventer, and they were drilling a relief well for that. And I can actually show you on the map, I can show you that the rover that was showing the capping of that well was in a whole different location than where, this, where the horizon, uh, Transocean's uh, deep sea horizon exploded. Mm. I think the whole thing is a hoax. Not the not, not 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 the not the the blow up, but I think the the underwater cameras. Who the who the who, what proof is that? It's BP. It's got BP logos everywhere. I don't know what this camera is. I don't. I don't. I have no idea what everyone's. Oh, it's, it's got to be real. It's got to be real. No one has questioned that. No one has questioned these things. I want to see CBS sixty. I want Charlie Rose down there, five thousand feet, riding this rover, and then maybe I'll believe that it's actually the video is actually of the capping of the well. I think the whole thing is faked, and it's still bleeding oil everywhere. I like this theory, and I have. I'm working on the data, and there's uh, there's actually a, a YouTube video. That uh, that it's, it's horrible. So I put it in the show notes. You'll see it. Uh, but they also are onto this different coordinates of the rover of these underwater cameras. Which, by the way, at first it was just like one camera, one static shot, a loop, and now we have five of them all of a sudden. All of a sudden, there's all these. We see arms. Oh yes, I'm. I'm the left arm. And we're putting this thing on here. And we're twisting stuff and we're banging away with like hammers. It's like rock'em sock'em robots. It's all fake, John. This whole thing is a complete media hoax. That well is still spurting. It's still spurting away. And they're pouring more corrects it in there so it doesn't come to the surface. We're totally being pwned. Well, I'm not going to say that. I, you know, I, I can't believe a major corporation would do such a thing. Yeah. But uh, it's a good theory. I'm, you know, until somebody... Uh 
you know, we'll have to, we'll see how it plays out. We're going to, we'll, we'll base our thinking on that concept when the news starts to come out about one thing or another. Well, we're, you know, already it's like, well, we're always hearing about the other leak two miles away that's got nothing to do with this well. Which I think that that's what we've been seeing pictures of. That could of. be the original well, for all we know. It could, that could be true, too. But, but I am not taking this BP-sponsored, paid-for roving cameras, which all of a sudden the quality is great. We've got five different feeds. We're switching back and forth. Where yeah, was that before? How that good with all that oily water all over the Who place? Who's the lighting director? I'd like to know. I mean, it's dark down there. It's really, really dark. But, but, but when we were watching the spill, it was like grainy. It was hard to see. Now I'm seeing like high res images. Yeah, it's ve- you know. And let's not forget they got uh, what's his face? Uh, who was the director? James Cameron. And he knows how to make it look good underwater. Maybe he's yep. doing it all. Could he could totally could be could, could be, be a, a set. Dog it job. could be a set for all I know. But <laughs> set. I, but I'm yeah. But I'm not. I, I'm not taking it. On at face value, just yeah. Not no, t- I I think we nobody should take it on face value. We we have no idea what we're really being shown, and I I question it. So um, you get no argument on this one. Quick uh, trip around Gitmo Nation, shall we? Would you like to come on a little ride with me? Go around well, Gitmo. I, I can play my first last clip first. No, hold that because okay. get, the trip around Gitmo is short. Um, Gitmo Nation, Deutschland. The uh, government has come out with D-mail, D-E-mail, and this is a e-government communication service that makes it possible to exchange legal electronic documents between citizens, agencies, and businesses over the internets, and uh, it's completely secure. Yeah, go ahead and use the government's encryption key, kids. Great idea. It's unbelievable that they, that they're actually push, pushing this out there to use the German government's very own encryption service uh, for private citizens and business. Yeah, good <laughs> one. Very, very smart. D-mail. It doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? No. Then we have Gitmo Nation down under. We appreciate all of our folks uh, listening down there, producers, uh, lots of people supporting us. Uh, reports about, uh, well, they're basically they're catching up to Gitmo Nation West. Uh, looks like they've got... Uh, New speed cameras uh, mounted on uh, these indescript cars, expected to bring in a hundred million dollars in fines. So, uh, and of course, everyone down there uh, is uh, is freaking out. Like, wait a minute, what is this? Well, yeah, welcome. You're now officially a part of Gitmo Nation. And this great report came out, uh, which I have a little bit of audio from about their fine armed forces. Uh, <laughs> just listen to it. Uh. Two senior WA police officers have been stood down and two others sidelined amid allegations they tasered junior officers as part of an initiation ritual at the Rockingham Police Station. An internal police investigation was launched two weeks ago after news of the shocking and unlawful practice reached the police hierarchy. I love the the copy. The shocking news. The shocking practice? (laughs) The shocking practice. So the cops are tasing each other as an initiation uh, ritual. Yeah, yeah, they probably get a buzz. Yeah, no, well, no, no wonder they're tasing citizens. They don't mind tasing each other. Yeah, you probably get used to it after yeah, a while. Like, hey, tase me, bitch. And then Gordon Brown. This just surfaced. Uh, they, we had the big Iraq inquiry 
in uh, in Gitmo Nation East, and uh, everyone sailed through it, and uh, not a problem. Uh, you know, the Gordon Brown went in there, and said, well, you know, we, we, of course we had to do this, and it was very important, uh, very, very, rah, 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 and uh, ah, the, no, the reports were not sexed up, and rah. But um, uh, this piece of video has now come out. And this, of course, is about uh, Saddam Hussein and why he had to be eliminated. We uh, essentially need to give him uh, a good old two to the head. Now, actually, I got a rope to the neck. God, remember that video? How, oh, yeah. how quickly we forget. That was indeed him. Well, yeah, that's uh, yeah, really. So uh, listen to uh, Gordon Brown, two pieces to the audio. First, the setup so you know exactly uh, what it's about, and then listen to the second piece, which is just so enlightening. It's a very important uh, message to learn that nothing was going to be perfect in, in a situation where we were in the midst of creating uh, the, um, if you like, the, um, the institutions and the practices of a new world. Okay, so it's what? A, wait, it's a, wait, it's a new world. And the American objective of regime change, which had always been their policy, indeed, under the previous administration, under pressure of an American military deadline. Okay, listen well, to the our answer. Our position uh, was was not that. Our position was to support action, so that the will of the international community that um, Saddam Hussein disclose and dispose of uh, weapons uh, be, be enforced. Uh, and at the back of my uh, mind was this sense that if the international community did not act here, then the international community would find it difficult to, to gain credibility for acting in other areas. Uh, and uh, th- this new world order that we were trying to create mm-hmm. was being put at risk. Okay. <laughs> This new world order we are putting to put together was being put at risk. Thanks, the, Gordo. We're trying to create was actually what he said. <clears throat> Thanks, the Gordo. The new world order that we're trying, trying to, to create. create. Yeah, yeah. Well, when he said that, by the way, that's a good the good thing. <coughs> Excuse me, because he's saying they're trying. They haven't created it yet. In other words, I'll take that indeed as a very good thing. So I think that's a plus. Yeah, so it hasn't been created. And of course, there's you know people in the way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's getting uh, more and more difficult because and, I think with the internets and the people reading crazy stuff and listening to uh, no agenda real show, news, yeah, real uh, news. no agenda show, which is what we do. And I mean, we're not the only ones to no. say the least. But no. I think we do the best job. Yeah, I, think, I think we're the best podcast in the uh, in the world, personally, um, in the galaxy. That's just my opinion. And you know what? As a former Soviet spy, I concur. Yeah, Gitmo you, Nation Caribbean or Caribbean, if you will. Um, little, uh, actually not reported at all from The Economist, uh, Desi Bautersa is back. Uh, he's back in charge there. Do you remember Desi Bautersa? No. He seized control of Suriname following a coup in 1980. Uh, of course, he has many ties to Moscow. Uh, he, what really set him off, he was actually convicted of this, although he, uh, I don't think he ever served any time. He fled. Um, of executing 15 political opponents in 1982. Uh, and I think the Netherlands convicted him of doing that. Well, he's back. He's got control of the country again. <laughs> His mega combination uh, only took 40% of the vote, uh, but somehow he's in charge. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot going on in the Caribbean. So it's a good time for him to pop up again. Yeah, th- this was a, a huge scandal that he executed these uh, uh, political opponents of his. Uh, he just uh, f- gave him. Well, it was yeah, more than two to the head. Off for him. It was more than two to the head. And then from Gitmo Nation uh, proper, where we are, just a couple of uh, couple of things. Uh, a huge uh, article that I'd like you to read. 
about a number of um, people being arrested, thrown in jail for two days for filming police officers in public places while arresting someone. This is happening everywhere. And if you want to really help stop the New World Order and the Gitmo Nation, this is the one thing you can actually do. Uh, is you just you just need to film it. You just really need to film it and do it on quick or something like that, so it's immediately going up to YouTube. You know, don't let it stay on your phone. And right, you, and, right. You, and you will get arrested, but but you'll you'll get out and you'll be yeah, okay. You can also get you can also get these things done surreptitiously, and you can get it posted surreptitiously. You can do a lot. Don't make a don't draw attention to yourself, but no. learn how to use the. Uh, the filming of your of your phone. The phones have a nice little unit. That the circuitry is really good for making movies now with small cameras, and 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 phones. It's actually quite quite astonishing the quality. So a uh, story of a couple guys who were literally thrown in jail for uh, for two days. Uh, all the you know no blankets, uh, and then they were convicted of uh, illegal wiretapping. <laughs> yeah, where's uh, and, the wire? And resisting arrest. Yeah, it's just nuts. Um, Qatar is this uh, Gulf News? Okay, this is not from Gitmo Nation proper. Um, fuck it. Excuse me. Uh, we'll 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 skip that one. Um, the uh, next generation body scanner, which I don't think we touched on yet, will now be able to see through clothing without radiation. John, it's amazing how that works. Just yeah, amazing. It it's amazing. Through Vision TS4. That's right. Just through uh, your body heat. There's no radiation at all. But, of course, uh, the article immediately references total recall. So that's just you're already conditioned to accept that. And then uh, thank you to our producer who says uh, the taser shotgun, uh, it exists. The shotgun shell itself is self-contained. No wires. The shell leaves the gun, flies through the air, and on impact zaps the person. So it does exist. Uh, taser shotguns. Basically. So you get hit with a battery. Yeah, they're shooting batteries at you. This can't be good. <laughs> it's all right. It's My all... eye. <laughs> Ow. Uh, and then the earthquake machine, uh, I think, was fired up again on uh, southern Iran, which, of course, leads me to believe that we're pretty close to something happening there. 5.1 magnitude, whatever it means. Actually, one we have of... a lot of natural earthquakes there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, we have natural earthquakes in California. I'm not going to waste the earthquake machine on, on, on Iran until they want to really, really knock really a, knock it. buildings down. Um, producer Gordon, and I'll leave uh, all of his links up, uh, really tried to figure out, he, he titled it Earthquake Magnitude Investigation. Because, of course, the Richter scale was removed without any big uh, announcement. Without notice. Yeah, without real notice. And, uh, it was in the licensing agreement. <laughs> it's like, it's like someone had the patent on that and said, screw it, we'll just come up with our own. Uh, our, 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 apparently, it's very difficult to measure earthquakes. This is, this is the bottom line. Um, and he, got the, he has like six different links and a little bit of uh, information. But his conclusion, which I'll read to you, uh, magnitude represented by a single number is sort of accurate, but not really. Magnitudes derived from different methods methods might be similar knowing the magnitude parameters reported on usgs.gov for a few earthquakes lead me down a multi-hour investigation on the internet where i discovered ah never mind i gotta go watch extra <laughs> yeah there's nothing to see here nothing to see here but it, it the, it's they've changed it and and no one really knows what it means that's the bottom yeah. line and, and yeah. even all these official sites 
I find it distressing. They really don't know what the new number. Yeah, it's just mean, a number. Apparently, did you, did you feel that three point one? Wow, well, yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, we had, we had that the other day, right? A, a three point one. Yeah, yeah. All it's right, an feel one. My last moment for the day. All so, aboard! Uh, trains good, planes bad. Show we're running out of time here on trains. Good, there's a whole bunch of trains and plane stories. Yeah, there is, and I believe that the uh, air, the aviation industry has got their own PR machine running because there are competing stories now. You I've know, we- noticed. I've I'm starting to see competing stories. The train guys still have the upper hand. We should have like a a running te- uh, a, a, we tally, a tote board, a tote board, a tote board. <laughs> you know, and then maybe a, like an exciting announcement. And the planes are getting three stories in this week. And the air, and but no, there's a train wreck. There's a train. <laughs> Wreck, there's a train wreck in India. Train wreck in India counts for ten points. Oh no! Wait a minute, John. We have a railroad that'll link Europe to Asia by way of the Caucasus from Boing Boing There's another one for the for the train people, and of course, most screen airports on the History Channel. A two-hour special of horrible landing situations. There's another one for the train people. Turbulence causes passenger injuries on cross-country flights. CNN. Woo woo woo. The trains are pulling ahead. Now halt the bullet. Halt the bullet, says GilroyDispatch.com. Oh, no, this thing will never make any money. Chalk one up for the planes. Germans to levy up to $33 per flight. Oh, yes, the train people go at it again. Airport body scanners reveal all, but what about when's your kid? Oh, yes, St. Petersburg Times, another one for the train people. Saskatchewan, full body scanners arrive at Saskatoon Airport. Oh, it looks like, John, I don't think, I think the train people are just going to win it today. Flying pasties claim to hide your nakedness from airport scanners train people are really doing it now railroad education now being taught in a course at uh, the university these guys are going for the gipper at least 49 dead after express train smashed into stationary passenger train there you go for the plane people greece's debt-ridden rail system adds economic br- breakdown oh yeah they're really hammering it in the new york times they got through all the way to to train hq plane people one more and finally Hill and Knowlton does have a German office. Ah, in Berlin? In Berlin, yes. That's where you do it. So all of those links. Yeah, no, trains, I think you're right. I think we we could do it in this exciting, exciting manner. Very exciting. It's, it's, it's a great way to do it. It's the only way to do it because it gets it through us because there's too many of these stories are really going after it. And I think over the next couple of months, it's going to get worse and worse. So right now, all we can say is it looks like we have planes uh, behind trailing by three as trains pull up more than seven stories this week. All aboard. Trains, trains good. Planes bad. Woo-hoo. Got a clip. So uh, it's just kind of a humorous clip. All state commercial. Uh they're trying to make rich people out to be these really weird kind of creeps. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But they're this like, you know, uh, but it's a caricature, and they want to pound that home so they make the, you know, the, the, the slaves feel better about themselves. If they, of course, if they have to buy Allstate insurance to do so. But uh, this is, uh, I, I've always found this commercial quite amusing. There we go. I'm a filthy rich executive. I hear the markets down a million points. I freak out. I spill my large espresso. The searing pain makes me slam on the brakes. Uh-oh, your fault. And your 15-minute insurance may not cover my $90,000 car, so I sue you because that's what I do. So get all state. You can save money and be better protected from mayhem like me. Dollar for dollar, nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. The only thing that's missing is I'm a Republican. 
<laughs> they should have thrown that in. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I found it abhorrent. Yeah, it is, of course. And so, it, um, yeah. that's All it state insurance. All we state. do, we do want to play, we're going to play a long clip. At the end here. Yeah. In the end here. And, uh, I think that's going to do it for today. Go to norgendashow.com or dvorak.org slash NA and click on the donation links and help us out. And you will be getting, a, a, if you haven't opened your email, go open it and see if you got a, a solicitation for the 3333 program. It's a monthly subscription to get your boarding pass to the mothership uh, uh, when it shows up. Yeah. Well, it's going to be very don't handy. Too late in the meantime, <laughs> or or you don't put on the pink, uh, the purple tracksuit just yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the mothership will arrive. Uh, it's already been sighted, of course, over China. Uh, we know it shut down the airport, so uh, we're getting close. Uh, and I'm waiting for uh, signals from occupants from uh, interplanetary craft. So uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Lots of people on the stream, despite our uh, change in time difference. And, uh, of course, this will go up on the stream. Hopefully, people who didn't get the notice uh, will be able to listen to it uh, in kind of real time tomorrow at noagendastream.com. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California, from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it's dark, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's in the morning somewhere. We'll talk to you again on Sunday for early morning service right here on No Agenda. Intelligence reporter Dana Priest. She and national security reporter William Arkin worked for two years on the project. And Dana, welcome. This is quite a body of work. What prompted you to embark on this study and were you surprised at what you found? Well, I've covered national uh, security for a decade or more, and after 9-11, you could see, you could feel the growth of something around you. Uh, You listened to officials, and they had uh, complaints and concerns about how much money was being spent. It was all sort of understandable in the beginning, and it continued to grow at at a great rapid rate. And so uh, a couple years ago, uh, Bill, my co-author, Bill Arkin, and I, who we've been talking about this for years and years, said, well, how would you go about trying to trying to show this and we got together and decided that uh, one of the ways we would do it since it is at the top secret level and we can't get inside of the government we can't get inside those programs is to start by just counting them to find them and then count them and put them on a map sort of create an alternative geography of the United States we did mapping like you would do on a almost like a genome project and once we did that which took uh, you know a year and a half to assemble while we were doing it, we were also trying to talk with officials inside the government and figure out what kind of patterns and problems emerged. And that's where the issue of its size became such a, an issue. It's not just that it grew, it's that it's grown and the growth has um, overwhelmed some of the progress that has been made in intelligence sharing in other areas. Well, are, are you saying that then, I mean, this already was a huge apparatus before this, was it not? Are you saying it really is the dysfunctionality you you found is really a result of the 9-11, post-9-11 proliferation? 
Well, yes, I don't think it was that sort of uh, large, unwieldy apparatus before 9-11. It was more disconnected than it was afterwards because, after all, we created the Director of National Intelligence to get all of this under control and to help coordinate all these different agencies. To some extent, that has happened. He's uh, The various directors have managed to get people to share information in a better way and more effective way. But at the same time, this growth was occurring, and you had a proliferation of agencies and number of people working on things and the focus the direction that was given to those agencies and many sub organizations that went about doing their own thing was lacking and every time there was a problem the question was not you know how can we how can we do this better it was let's do more of it let's bring in more people let's bring in uh, more resources mm-hmm. and that as secretary uh, Bob Gates and director of the CIA Leon Panetta told us on the record is not always the answer to every problem now you came up with some eye-popping figures. One jumped out at me, that this this whole enterprise produces some 50,000 intelligence reports every year, and you said many of them are routinely ignored. Well, and the reason for that is that many of them deal with exactly the same subject. Um, You know, doing the easiest thing is what happens a lot if you don't push people to do the hardest work. That happens in many different ways, and the Fort Hood uh, shooter is a good example of that. The Army's largest encounter counterintelligence organization, which is supposed to be looking inside the army for for spies or potential jihadists, is just 25 miles up the road from Walter Reed, where Major Hassan, the suspect in that case, um, began to speak very oddly about Islam and warning the army that uh, they should let people out who were religious. But that organization wasn't, in fact, looking hard within its own ranks, because that's very hard to do. Instead, they were doing something that the FBI and Homeland Security was already doing, which was to look at other terrorist affiliations within the United States. So all agencies, many agencies, had sort of a mission creep, and many of them ended up doing uh, the easiest things rather than the most difficult things. Now, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, as you know today, reacted by saying, look, we have unsung successes absolutely every day. Yet, you found a general in the Pentagon who was involved in tracking all this who said it's so complex, he said, that we can't effectively assess whether it is making us more safe. Is there really a debate within the community about whether this is making us more safe? Well, absolutely. I think... I think that on the surface, everybody thinks that um, you know we're much more prepared for a simultaneous uh, attack by airliners. You know that would be very unusual and very surprising if that ever happened again. But given the resources that we've put on this, the question is, are we getting what we think we're getting out of it? And what these officials are saying is they just can't tell because it's gotten so big and not any nobody or not enough people have the reach and the visibility over the entire thing to be able to judge that. And certainly not the director of national intelligence who is supposed to be doing this. That's a position that is uh, never given the authority that I think most Americans think that it was given. And it's turned out uh, through a succession of directors not to really be able to do uh, the sort of directing and, and focusing that, uh, that people intended it to do. Now, is anyone, is there any serious effort underway to 
revamp this? Or let me turn it around. Do you think that the people you involved at the highest levels of this community were surprised by what they read in your report? Or do they know it and it's just so big and unwieldy that there's no way to get a handle on it? I think it's the latter. I think that people do know this problem. In fact, there's a on-the-record State Department briefing that says, well, we knew this was an issue. Well, well, they know it's an issue. They know they can feel it. But I, I'm pretty certain that they don't have all the parameters of the problem because that was another one of our surprising findings that of the lack of information about other agencies within the intelligence world. That um, People would ask us, well, what did you find over there? We found that more than two dozen agencies are looking at the same issue of, uh, for instance, counter-terror financing, looking at the money flow from uh, terrorist organizations. And they don't even know all, everyone else that's involved in it. So how can you coordinate if you can't even get every, you don't even know everybody to invite to the table? So this lack of uh, information is, is, is one of the things that's um, impeding any kind of change. Well, and you went to see the director of the National Counterterrorism Center, and you described him sitting at his desk with all these, you know, I don't know, drives and so on, and all these information flows with the Internet networks that can't even talk to each other. Right, and this is five years after that office was stood up. Um, yes, he sits in front of a bank of, tele- of uh, computer monitors and a stack of hard drives at his feet, and he has to go through, uh, over one after another during the day because they can't fuse the, in- the intelligence together. And he said, well, I can get all my email now on the same computer, and that was progress to him. <laughs> Dana Priest of the Washington Post, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. 